Welcome to Chris Apocalypse episode. What episode is this? <laughs> you just said you were ready to go. I thought I wasn't. It's 142. 142? Yes. Jesus. Oh, God, every time it gets a little bit more painful, isn't it? Like a dagger to the heart. Yeah, what a waste of time. Um, welcome to Critical Apocalypse, episode 142. As always, we're going to talk about stuff and things. We mostly review media, but sometimes we throw like a spanner in the works and we talk about something like toilet paper, which was one of our first episodes. And other times I've spoken about festivals, music, uh, gigs that I've been to, you know. Infections uh, you've infections had. Infections I've had. You know, it's been yeah. it's been a real journey into life, into mystery, into the world. Liberty, food, loom. How are you doing, Ant? You right? My neck hurts. Neck hurts? I'm sorry to hear that. I had a weird weekend. Did you? Well, yesterday I had a very odd... So... So... You uh, sure you want to talk about it? Yeah. Let's, let's do a little bit... I'm going to do a little bit of venting and bonding. We can bond. This would be nice. Which would oh, be quick. So, uh, I, I don't talk about my mental illness on the, on the podcast very often. I think I've mentioned that I've, I've got depression. Do I talk about it quite often? Literally every episode. Every episode I talk about my depression. Anyway, anyway, so, um, so a lot of people have like disassociative disorders when it comes to mental illness. So they have like mental illness that means that sometimes they disassociate, which means that they don't recognize themselves in an environment. You know, it just, you sort of, you, it's almost like an out-of-body experience, but instead it just, it feels like you're watching a film, essentially. That's, that's how it's been described to me by many people that suffered from it. Um, I had such a weird moment yesterday. So, uh, who, who, for people that don't know, in the last couple of days, we lost one of the MCU, like, mainstays. We lost Black Panther, who had, was it one of the most successful opening, like, first films in the whole of the MCU? Like, 1.18 billion? It's like the third highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Chadwick Boseman, who was Black Panther, was in Civil War, was in Endgame and Infinity War. Uh, has apparently for the last four years been suffering from stage three colon cancer the whole time. Yeah, he didn't want to tell you, that's all. Well, he didn't want to tell anyone. It it, it feels so unbelievably disconnected from this hero mm-hmm. that we see on screen. Um, but it made me think that, like, there are so many examples within Hollywood, and this isn't to diminish what he was going through, because it's incredible that what he achieved and what he accomplished, and also the fact that so many of the pictures and the times that you see him in the public eye, he's not... He's not, you know, rushing away to get away. He's taking time with his fans. Like, there are so many pictures of him standing in the street doing the silly Wakanda forever, like the two fists raised. Mm. Like, all that stuff. Like, it, it's, it was almost like a uh, Robert Downey Jr. level of commitment to the role. Like, he wasn't becoming um, Robert T'Challa. Downey Jr. was committed to the 50 million he got per yeah, film. That's true. That is true. Uh, but anyway, so Chadwick Boseman sadly passed I bet, away. I bet they didn't even pay Chadwick Boseman a million. No, they paid him a lot because he was so. Um, Chadwick Boseman is someone that I've watched a few of his films before he became Black Panther. I'd seen um, Gods of Egypt. Was he in Gods of Egypt? Yes, he is. Yes, he's he was. Yeah, he's the, he's the, the only guy good to thing in the film. Himself. Yeah, the only good thing in the film. Yeah, um, but no, I remember him from. I remember him film. from his from his Gone Up. I was a massive fan of of James Brown, so Gone mm. Up was the film where he played James Brown, and I was. He's really good in that film. But he's the best thing about that film, and like Gods of Egypt, yeah. I'm thinking about it, the scene in which he is um, talking to... He accuses someone of having an ego, and then yeah, he cuts yeah. the shot of him with like multiple copies of himself. Yeah, <laughs> like working in the background. Yeah. Um, no, he'll just stop and stare. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, he's such a such a strange actor. Like I praised the five, to Five Bloods and said that he had an impact in the short amount of time he's on screen mm. in that. And... You know, maybe I didn't I didn't like Black Panther as much as other people did. I said that I appreciated it as a film, but I think that you know, it had its faults, but he was never one of the faults. You know, 
it was always it was always more of a case of I think Marvel didn't realise how big it would be. Your favourite character is Martin Freeman in that film. Wasn't yeah, it? It is, yeah, yeah, Martin Freeman. No, it's actually uh, it's yeah. actually Ulysses Claw. Yeah, yeah. Would you like a little sweetie? Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, no, it's a fucking massive shame, and it just rocked me. I saw it in the morning, and I, you know when you're half asleep and you you pick up your phone and you like check Twitter or you check like the news or something, and it was the first thing that came up, and I mm. for some reason my head didn't connect with that being like it was almost like I couldn't see his face. Like, I could read the name, and I knew who that person was, but I was like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. And then when you read about how extreme it was, how bad the disease he was struggling with, and the fact that he, you know, obviously, getting into shape for a Marvel movie is hard. You know, like, all the people that have done it, you take someone who is like a Chris Pratt, or you take someone like some, uh, Kamal Nani, Nani Jani, Nan, I can't say his name again, because um, the racism. Because the racism. You take someone like that who's a, known to be a funny person and you basically, you, you take whatever they are and you chisel them into fucking stone. Mm. Chadwick Boseman was never like, he was always skinny in his earlier films. He was never like ripped, but he's ripped for Black Panther. And the fact that he did that when going through that, what is a hellish disease is just incredible. <laughs> but yeah, it was part of the, part of me was like slightly sad that I didn't, you know, the, um, that was so sudden and like and the other part of me was sad that in my head I was going oh but he didn't look sick and I felt really ashamed of myself for thinking that there's a look to people that are sick when struggling with mental illness I should associate I shouldn't associate a look with someone's level of health I don't know he looked pretty sick to me sick cool yeah um, it does yeah. make the question what is what is going to become of the MCU going gives forward gives a shit no one. But I mean, like, but I want them to... There's enough of them. Fuck well, me. yeah. I want them to respect... No, the only thing they should do is just never mention Black Panther again. And all yeah. you do is every now and again, you show, like, signs of the Wakanda. No, Get M'Baku back in. Just show little signs of the programs they set up around the world. Yeah. Just every now and again. Have Mars yeah. Morales be, like, you know, given a... When you introduce Mars Morales eventually, have him, like, get a grant or something from the Wakandan embassy or some shit, you know, so he can go to college. Stuff like that. Yeah. This little thing. Never mention again. You don't need to go back to Wakanda. He's got his own stuff to deal with back there. Yeah. So, don't freaking... freaking no, he's going to cast his Black Panther. It's not cares. about the cast. It's not about anything like that. It is... Not important. Stan Lee. Stan Lee is one he's person... He's going to play Stan Lee in the films from no, now No, 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 no. Stan Lee's treatment is something that I found a little bit ghoulish. And, mm. like, I still think... I don't want to see Stan Lee pulled out of the freezer essentially I don't want to see that digital version of Stanley they've been prepping for years no they in... just used the Stanley cameos were all filmed years ago weren't they yeah that's why they had a whole bunch of them for months because James Gunn shot like four or five cameos oh really when they were filming Guardians of Galaxy 2 oh okay yeah they just um, they put a picture of Stanley in like a in some graffiti or something in Spider-Man Far, Far From, from Home, home. Yeah. that's the only thing they did but that day won't be doing like CGI Stan Lee or anything. No, I hope not because they, I've heard some ghoulish shit about like what they do. But yeah, what a fucking shame! What an utter loss! Like it is, it is just heartbreaking. But yeah, all right, Ant. Well, you're first this week. Fuck you. Oh, I thought that was a good way to open up, nice and happy for you. <sighs> Jump on it, bastard. Get on up. Right, I watched um, Joker. <laughs> it's, it's a funny film. It's a terrible film. No, it's not terrible. It's not great. It's, it's, I don't want to sound like, you know. An incel. No, I don't want to, like, <laughs> insult people who love the film. But, um, 
thing is, the film's beautifully shot, yeah. and the soundtrack's fantastic. That score is brilliant. I didn't like the soundtrack. Oh, so the much. score's fantastic, not the music. Don't worry, because I know it's got Gary Glitter in there. I'm talking the score, the actual orchestrated stuff. That's stuff. I'm trying to think fantastic. of any scenes that stood out in terms of score. Well, maybe you don't remember. You sit, you put, you turn the sound off, and then you play games. No, maybe like the mm, you weren't listening. No, the score's fantastic. Mm. It's like real good, like loads of horns and shit going on, and it's like a sort of deeper version of the Dark Knight's high string stuff they did with the Joker yeah. in that. Um, but no, the film, like, it's, it's so close to, like, like making, being a proper film. The thing is, if someone like Todd Phillips is going to try and make a film that's in, that he thinks is going to sit in the same categories as, like, Scorsese and Sidney Lumet's mm. best films, I'm going to, I'm going to judge it on those <laughs> levels. Like, when Nolan made a Batman film, he wasn't trying to make fucking, like, some Tim high Man. art. <laughs> he was aiming for heat. Which is like a damn good thriller cop movie. Yeah. And that's what he made with The Dark Knight. Yeah. He got something that's on that sort of level. But um, this Joker film is like, it has the basic look and appearance of a really well-made film. And it feels like it at certain points. But the thing it falls down on, and I think the reason why there's so many weird people who seem to praise it. And I don't think they quite get that this part of the film that's like a, that's kind of nudging at the people who um, idolise villains mm. in things. Um, the thing is, is that the film doesn't have a point. It says stuff and it'll go, the people lowest rung of society are the ones who are getting screwed over the most. They're getting screwed over by the rich people and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, there's, you know, civic organizations being shut down, like the mental health clinic he goes to visit and, you know, he gets his medication prescribed and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And he gets closed down part way through the film because no one wants to fund it anymore. Yeah. While Thomas Wayne's going to big galas and having big expensive balls and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's a story you can tell, you know, for sure. That's, that's a story you can tell. But if you tell that story and you don't have any character who, like, because he steps over the line and he kills a bunch of guys in a subway train. He kills three shitty yuppies. Yeah, yeah. but, like, he kills them. And then the whole town's like, oh, yeah, he's a hero and stuff. And then he's got his little imaginary relationship with Zazie Beats. Which annoyed me. Yeah, like, you could have used her as a real character. Yeah. Like, make her, symp- make her sympathise with him or something. so good in so much stuff. Yeah, but, like, they have her be, like, his imaginary girlfriend. She's just like, yeah, that's great. I think he was cool. They had it coming mm. and stuff. So he's, like, boosting his own ego and stuff with that. But what you needed to do is you needed to have a character who finds out there's been murders and all this sort of stuff. Have Arthur being all like, oh, yeah, I was great. I murdered those people. It's great. But have a character who goes, nah, that's shitty. Like, just because your life's in a bad place doesn't mean you fucking kill people. Yeah. Like, you need someone who's pushing in the opposite direction. Because you can't have a character like Joker who's going to have a downfall. He's not necessarily going to have a moment where he makes a choice. That he's going to start killing people. Yeah. The way Joker has to happen is it has to be a series of tragic events, and you have that one bad day scenario. Like the you know that's that. Usually, whenever you get any sort of Joker origin story, it's one bad day. Although now apparently we've got three Jokers to have an origin story about. Yep. yep. Fucking bollocks. Did you? So, but, <sighs> Dumb but shit. Wait a I ain't reading the comics. Fuck off. <laughs> wait a second. So Joker, you're saying that Joker, a person who in his entire film doesn't make any decisions, he literally just is a leaf on the wind. He makes decisions. He makes incredibly bad decisions. Well, no, he, but he kind of just doesn't. Like, someone like, gives him a gun and he doesn't go, I've got a gun now. He makes a bad choice to take it to a kid's hospital. No, but you know what that is? That's not him making that choice. It's him saying, I've got to keep this gun on me at all times because someone has told me to. He doesn't yeah. have any decision-making ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, but, yeah. But the thing, he, 
Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff where you're meant to be sort of sympathising with his downfall. The film wants you to think, like, oh, he's hard done by, and it was justified that he started going nuts. Yeah. Like, it's sad that he went nuts. But he, you know, he was pushed too far. But there's no character who pushes off against that. And the thing is, is before you get to the point where he's killed the three guys in Subway, you've already seen him take a gun into a children's hospital and, like, stalk Zazie Beats. And you've been told by his doctor that he's been violent before. Yeah. He's a violent criminal. The only moment, you have the like little bits at the start where you could almost form sympathy with him because he gets attacked by those kids in the street. Yeah. And his reaction isn't anger. His reactions are, oh, they were just, you know, you know, they were just foolish kids and I should have just his left them. His reaction is that he's was... running after them. You don't know what he's going to do when he catches them because yeah. he doesn't actually do anything. No, like, he just gets his ass kicked. The problem is... But he doesn't blame them for it. He's just like... It's well, just you don't know that because yeah. he doesn't verbalise no, does. it. He does. He does say it. Well, he says, oh, they were just stupid kids. No, he was just saying, no, it's fine. I couldn't, really, you know, I just, I shouldn't have ran after them. I should have just left it and I got myself into that situation and all this. He doesn't, like, show any anger towards the kids. He doesn't hunt them down later in the third act and kill the kids or anything. The problem like, I have with the whole thing is, like, the, it is literally, like, the reason that incels love it and the reason all those fucking horrible shits love it and they say, oh, it's so dark, it's so broody. It's like, the reason that they love it is the message is that if you've had a shitty life and everything shitty and bad has happened to you, it's not your fault. Yeah, no, that's the problem with the film. That's why I say it needs to have a character who goes yeah. the other direction. And it doesn't. Everything, everything, because Todd Phillips doesn't make smart Everything films. in that film is trying to alleviate him of any responsibility. It's like, hmm. your mum's a psycho, yeah. your dad beat you, then the other dad molested you and then beat you, and then you were crazy, so you attacked a bunch of people. It's like, well, no, you could say something about abuse begetting more abuse. And, like, you know, you you could go for, like, that, almost like that aspect of, yes, poverty and these other things. They do create this seedy atmosphere. But the problem yeah. is that he's immediately got access to the higher echelons of, like, he goes to a book, like a book. He could, at any point in his life, he doesn't necessarily have the same status as, as Bruce Wayne's family, but he could just chuck on a jacket and he's in there. Hmm. Like, he could eat the food in the kitchen. He could cause chaos. He could do these silly things. It doesn't take a criminal mastermind because he's a fucking moron throughout the film. And yet, at no point does he show any urgency or decision. Like, he keeps going like, oh, I wish I could do this. Oh, that's my dad. I wish I could be there with my dad. It's like, and instead of him using the abilities that he seems to have of subterfuge to be able to get into those places, he just goes, I'm going to put on a jacket. Yeah, but he thinks his ability is he's a comedian and he wants to be a comedian and he fails miserably about it, but his fantasy told him he did great. So when he sees it on the TV, it all crumbles apart. Oh, it's another one of those films I forgot. It's got that scene where it's like, you're still taking medication. It's like, yeah. No, no, I'm not, no, I'm not doing my medication. It's like, if someone was a violent criminal offender with mental illness, they would force them to take medication while someone is there to supervise them taking the medication. That's how it works. If you've got a daily dose of something... Probably but, not in America, though. Oh, yeah, actually, that's probably... <laughs> it's America, that's yeah, part of the whole America. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved the look of it. That's yeah. probably the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway is I love the look of it. And That's what I mean, it just, it just needed some tweaks to make it actually be more coherent. And, like, actually tell a story with a point. Oh, yeah, there's a version of that. the closest thing you get to a point at the end is, oh, yeah, it's totally fine to just murder people if you feel angry at stuff. There is a version of that, and it's called You Were Never Really Here, and it was released two years before this yeah. film. And it's the exact Which same plot. Taxi Driver. Well, this is, this is <laughs> the, the thing, thing. He's right? trying to do Taxi Driver. He's, He's trying, trying to reference to Scorsese. Taxi- he is trying to do You Were Never Really Here as well. Like, the mm. whole thing about You, you Were Never Really Here, it's uh, someone who's got PTSD or they've got some some uh, mental illness that's linked to trauma. Their mum is almost completely catatonic and the only time she's awake and aware, she is either very sweet or incredibly abusive. There are hints at him being abused as a child 
and he is hired by someone to go and find a, a, a girl who has been kidnapped. And it turns out that she is linked to a politician. It's like a politician daughter. And he has to traverse the seedy underworld. It turns out that there are some of the upper echelon involved and he gets some of that environment. But the whole time he's struggling with his mental illness. At the same time, the violent things that he has to do to save someone and justify those actions by saying this is a good person that I'm trying to save. Although all the bad people are hiring me and the bad people keeping after and like all this other shit, I am doing something to save a life. And that is... and. It is so much better. The soundtrack's better. It's shot better. It's better acted. Jacqueline Phoenix is incredible. He is, he's exactly the same as he is in this. It's another body transformation, but he's bigger. He has this horrible greasy top knot that he ties his hair back into. And his main weapon when he goes, he has like a, he just basically goes into places. He asks questions. He says, do you know where this, do you know? And if he doesn't get the answers he wants, or if they withhold information, he has a ball pin hammer. And he just beats the living fuck out of people. And he just like goes, all right, what's next? And he constantly loses fights. But he keeps pushing against that wall. And that's kind of what I wanted the Joker to be. Even if the Joker was just a remake of that style film. If this was a guy saying, fuck it, I'm done with the system. I'm done with the system entirely. I'm going to fight back against it. And he fights back and he hits a wall. But he goes, I don't fucking care if I hit a wall. My superpower is that I am going to achieve my goal. And he, he runs straight into that wall again. Until he knocks it down, he finds a way through. Instead, in this, it's, oh, I want to be a comedian. I hope I'm not too crazy. Oh, I'm too crazy. Oh, maybe I'm the well, Joker. You, the and it's like, like, this film just, it doesn't have the, it just doesn't have the character and structure to It's just baby's make first thriller. Yeah. It is, it's like, it's like, oh, that's why he said, I'd cite the king of comedy and taxi driver because that's all this film is hmm. like shot for shot recreations of scenes from King of Comedy like where Robert De Niro is telling comedy on stage and people are just like you're fucking useless mate what are you doing instead like he's hearing people say yeah yeah and then exactly the same the hmm. ending as well he gets onto the game onto the TV show and he's like he's like I'm great I'm great it's like no you're here because you're being mocked the only difference is that then it switches to taxi driver because Travis Bickle obviously shoots a politician yeah. no he shoots a pimp doesn't he in the end of Taxi Driver, he shoots Harvey Cattell to save Jodie Foster. Yeah, He yeah. thinks about shooting the politician. He doesn't because Thingy's there, that woman that he takes to the porn. Great fucking film. If you haven't seen Taxi Driver, watch that. Because if you've seen Joker, you've seen the worst version of Taxi Driver. I might as well watch that. But yeah, it's just, ugh, I'm so angry about this film, mostly because it, it's so many cliches. You've watched it like 30 times. I know, it's so many cliches. You've got, you got this fake tattoo of Joker. No, right. I did have a conversation with someone online where I said, it's a mediocre film at very best. And they went, you just don't get it, man. You don't get the darkness. You don't get the, the issues. And I'm like, that's, that's someone telling me, telling me I don't get the darkness. They're 17 years old. And the worst thing they've ever had is their parents didn't pay for their Xbox Live one month because they misbehaved. And that's their darkness. Or it's a 30 year old who no, works in IT. A lot of Lincoln Park. It's a 30 year old who works in IT and his darkness is that someone had a go because the printer doesn't work. It's not even his fucking printer. Ooh, oh, I'm not joking you. I'm not joking you. Why don't you learn how to use the printer, Rick? You cunt. Like that. It's like, oh. Yeah, they're talking about doing print. a sequel, aren't they? Well, yeah, what are they going to do? Yeah. What's the sequel? I'll tell you what, do a sequel. Just put him in a mental no, hospital. No, just do another origin story. Yeah. Whacking Phoenix again. Completely different origin story. It's going to be so funny when Matt Reeves gets to introduce the Joker and he goes, nah, I'm alright, mate. <laughs> Tom Phillips is like, oh yeah, I've got Jack with it. I've got him on the phone. He's, he's ready to do it. It's like, no, nah, mate, I'm alright. He's going to be like 70 in this universe, mate. You're a fucking moron. Jog on. He's like, no, in my film, he was only 25. So that man was not 25. <laughs> Fuck yourself. Get out. Having yeah. show up and Batman just punches him once in the throat. <laughs> Having show up and he drops a gun and then goes, and then goes, I'm, 
I'm a comedian who's <laughs> just stabbed in the throat and then dies. The like, Batman trailer looked good, though. Yeah, it looked great, didn't it? Yeah, yeah can't wait for I'll that. I'll give it bonus That's... points for using the actual version of a song and not some shitty cover. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Colin Farrell in shit tons of makeup. Yeah, and no one's getting into a random... Uh, no one's getting into a random fridge, you know? Yeah. Uh, that was the old him dying. That's the moment he accept- he becomes the Joker. He went into that fridge, Arthur, and he stepped out the Joker. So you don't see him step out, but you get the idea. He's putting, it's actually not that. He's putting know, Arthur in the that's fridge. That's actually not what happened. They actually yeah. just filmed Jacqueline Phoenix for like four hours. Yeah. Four additional hours of footage. So you know like where he tries to walk into the hospital and he tries going through the exit and it and it hits him and he goes mm. and he goes around. That was Jacqueline Phoenix thinking that would be a good ad lib. Yeah. Like so much of the stuff that's good in there is Jacqueline Phoenix thinking this is a good idea. Stuff like the, you know, the little guy that he's, he's going to kill. Like, and he goes, he goes, you're always nice to me. Go. In the script, he kills that guy. Mm. But Jacqueline Phoenix was on the day like, this doesn't make any sense. Why would I kill this guy? And Toffer was like, all right, we'll change it. What do you want to put? He's like, you're always nice to me. And then just lets him go. Mm. And it's like, and in an idiot's brain, he goes, oh, the Joker's a crazy person. He would kill both of them. But Jacqueline Phoenix has obviously done some research to play the role. Yeah, he And you can kind of tell that he's like trying. Did, um, friggin' Todd Phillips probably had like multiple times in the script where he shouts, I'm the Joker, baby. Mm. And also where he's just decimating. But regardless, no matter if you don't like this film, it's still infinitely times more dumber that there's three Jokers in the comic right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That is the dumbest fucking shit. I do not like it. Look. That's um, an idiot's idea of clever. I don't know and if you know this, but DC's bad. <laughs> yeah, DC comics. DC comics are bad. That's why I only ever buy the one-offs, the individuals, the DC New Frontier, Did All-Star you not- Superman. So, uh, I was, I my patience <laughs> Maybe was... Long Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big fan of that one. My patience was stretched when we got um, The Court of Owls. Because it was like... It should have been stretched when they did that Watchmen crossover. Oh, yeah, the DC Universe. That was, that was after was Court it? of Owls, oh, okay. yeah. So Court of Owls and Blackest Night both were around the same time and they stretched my patience with DC because Court of Owls was obviously like, there's a secret society underneath Gotham and they're all super strong killers and they keep people frozen and all this other no, shit. No, Court, Court of Owls is meant to be a whole bunch of elite rich people. Well, yeah, they keep people frozen and shit. Like, the, I don't know that. No, no, I just want rich people who are like... Well, yeah, that's basically what it is. It's just cunts. rich people. It's been going on for hundreds of years and they've got like this... It's a bit like Ra's al Ghul in the League of... Raish al Ghul in the League of Shadows. But um, but recently, they did the, hey, guess what, the Court of Owls this whole time, they've actually been throwing metal objects at Batman because they wanted to get all the seven magical metals in him so that he can bring forward Bartados or, or Batados. I can't remember the name of the demon. But it's like some big bat demon that's been influencing him his whole life. And those seven metals that are inside of him, they create a gateway to let the bad Batman from the the, the evil universe is in. And mm. that's where you get the Batman at last. The people love, but I think is dog shit and stupid. Yeah. DC Comics, man. Yeah. Anyway, how was, how, so what did you say? Go check out the Joker? On a scale of if you're not very good at films and you think bad films are good, you'd think this is great. Yeah. But if you've actually watched like good films, then this is mediocre at best. Yeah. Um, and it's elevated by how it looks and the ability it has to look like better films. Yeah. Because it, it looks like a much better film than it is. If the first time you heard Mr. Blue Sky was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, this is the film oh, yeah, for you. Oh, yeah, didn't that, didn't Yeah. This is the film for you. And it had Gary Glitter. Yeah. This is the film for you. But if you heard Mr. Blue Sky when you saw Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, then don't watch this film. I heard you. Mr. Blue Sky in the 80s. Yeah, I, I, I heard Mr. Blue Sky live when I saw ELO, but I like music. Not with pretty nice music. When everyone was like, ELO, no one likes ELO. Evil woman! Mm. 
Nah, Joker. Yeah. I hate it. Even, I don't hate even it. His it's, laughing wasn't his fault. Pardon? Even his laughing wasn't I know. His <laughs> that really fucking irritated me. Like, because you'd be like, you're a pedo, mate. It's not a fucking... Just because you have a card, it doesn't matter. Like, there are deaf people... Like, there are people that pretend to be deaf with those cards, and they get, like, people still go, this is bullshit, mate. And like, well, don't fucking give me any money then, and then walk off. Like, who's gonna... Oh, it's so stupid. It's just Todd Phillips. It's a person... Because he comes from a rich family, doesn't he? Like Probably. I, I think he comes from a really well-off family. I've never like, been keen on his films. Or... Well, he did some really good punk doc. Like he does like good punk documentaries. And although a lot of people didn't like it, Due Date had some funny moments. I think having Robert Downey Jr. just be pissed off all the time is a good move because mm. uh, he's really strong in that. And and like even like the first Hangover, I was part of the Fuhrer, like like the people that fucking loved that film. It's all right. Came. Yeah, Ken I liked Jung's best I, part of it. I liked it a lot when I saw and a bit it. Where ever ever thing he gets a boob out. That's, that's pretty good. Have a lock clear. Have a lock clear. Um, but yeah, just bring have a lock clear back. Yeah, she was in Master of Disguise. Anyway, you review your last thing. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to review my first thing. Oh. My first thing to review this week is going to be a quick one. I've been playing Mother Russia Bleeds on the Switch, the Nintendo Switch, which is a highly mediocre game about punching people in the face repeatedly and doing drugs to recover health or create some sort of. Well, you go into like a super state and you just beat people up faster and better. It's uh, it's really simple. It's basically um, imagine a more uh, a more bloody, like a hyper violent version of Streets of Rage, ah. with like a simplified combat. You've got to throw a kick. Isn't and this a punch. the one made by a bunch of edge lords? Maybe. I'm pretty sure this is the one where one of the guys was like super racist on Twitter. Probably. It only cost me a quid on the Switch eShop, ah. so probably. Um, and you're endorsing? I'm not endorsing it. The I just said it's a <laughs> mediocre game. <laughs> um, it's fine. It is just fine. There's a lot to it beyond just the combat and stuff. Like they introduce firearms and weapons, and there's like a bit of variation in that. Set your arms on fire. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but there's also other drugs you can take to give you other effects. So one is like it makes you super strong, another one makes you super fast. Some of them make you invulnerable for a short period of time. And one of the cool ways to recover that you recover your stuff, so you don't get it from beating enemies instead some enemies will be like sort of different shades of green where they've been more affected by the drug called necro if you mm. beat up someone who's like really green then you can extract necro from their body so you have to sort of do that so um a lot of the mechanics involve ground and pound so if you get someone on the floor and you're just like punching them in the face um when you want to recover necro it's pretty much the same system you have to sort of do crowd control so you have to sort of try and get the drug out of them whilst also dealing with enemies that are still coming for you because it doesn't stop the action and that's like, that's quite nice. But yeah, all in all, it's a very packed game. There's a lot, like, there's eight levels for the actual main story. And then you've got, like, challenge levels. And as you defeat the challenge levels, or at least get to, like, I think it's stage 10 in the challenge levels, you unlock other drugs that you can use for the main game. Really simple, really easy. Beat it in a couple of days, if that. Um, I found that it's really good just on the go. It's what I've been playing when I commute and I go about the place, so... It's been really interesting. But um, but yeah, it's, it is just mediocre though. There are better games, especially now that you've got things like Streets of Rage 4. That would be a game I'd... Because mm. I think that this normally retails for about a tenner. And I really don't think it's worth £10. I've got, got it... Like, it's, now. Yeah, is it on Switch? No. No. Um, but even like, even not in the same genre, but Cuphead is about a tenner. What's that really good one where you go around... Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, you go around like New York and you beat up friggin' hipsters and like... Like assholes, and like, you beat up a bunch of racists and stuff. 
Oh, sure. I can't remember cool. It plays out like a turn-based combat game. It's like Streets of Rage style, but you go up to someone, it'll be like turn-based combat for beating oh. the crap out of them. I can't remember cool. Yeah, that's no really... idea. Um, but yeah, like um, a game that I played recently that I raved about on here, Streets of Red. That's mm. another game I'd recommend over this. I mean, this if you see it for a pound fifty and you've played the other games, get it. You know, it's a good throwaway. Everyone's tile. doing sc- belt scrolling beat em ups nowadays. Yeah, there's tons of them. Um, it's the new roguelike. Now you yeah. get roguelike belt scrolling beat em ups. Probably. Yeah, do Streets uh, of Red is a rogue, isn't it? Or Streets of no. Rogue. Streets of Rogue. Streets of Rogue. Yeah, that's yeah. but that's not really a rogue. That's not really a beat em up, is isn't it? it? Oh, I can't it's top that. down because it was on Xbox Game Pass and I tried playing that. Could get into it. Play. No, um, but yeah, like uh, like I said, one perfectly worth it. Any more than that, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, and there's so much better stuff out there. But if you've played all the other stuff, then you might as well give it a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Dan Cook played it not long ago for his book. Who the guy who wrote Killtopia, the comic guy? <laughs> I speak to him on Twitter. He's a nice guy. But yeah. Oh, you're, he's you're the one who was saying you're a dick. No, no. Dan Cook was like, this guy sucks. <laughs> no, that was that was uh, who was it? Omni <laughs> No, Omni Lily. Yeah, <laughs> he reviewed us. We got a C. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good for us. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my buddy Oddpod pissed off um, D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. He made a joke and D. took it the wrong way. And then we, Dan ended up with just endless abuse from D. Snyder fans. We could start a, we could start a feud with Trapped. Yeah. Everyone's doing that nowadays. Aren't they? Yeah, yeah, aren't they racist? Yeah, he's super racist and he's yeah. super moronic. Like, they did yeah. one one song that's like, hold on, hold on, or whatever. And I, don't, I never heard it because it was just, it didn't come to the UK really. And they do Headstrong. Yeah, that's it. Headstrong to lead you. Yeah, that's yeah. I, that's it was all like I know. Twenty about. years ago, I know, and he's still riding yeah. the trapped wave. They're no spine shank. They're no um, mud vein. No, I like mud vein before they <laughs> got shit. So yeah, so um, I give Streets of Red. I'm gonna give it a David Spade. Yeah, it's not the worst thing, but yeah, it's not great. No, right. Yeah, You're nothing, nothing to write home about. But You're proud of yourself. Oh. Ah. You review it. Okay. Um. I had four things and I forgot what one of them was. It's like, oh, good. Cool. Right. Anyway, um, Carmen Rider Drive. Yeah! I find, it took me months to With watch Mark this. Mark Dacascos? No. The Mark Dacascos was mentioned in um, Ryu Soldier last year, though. What? Yeah. He's also in the film Drive. Yeah, Drive's great. It is. I wish I had a copy, though. I had it, lent it to someone, and it went missing. Do you know, I had to buy that and then download through download through the site, and then I tried playing mm. it on my PC. And the format wouldn't work because you had to download a player to go along with it. Yeah. It was one of those. It was a bit like iTunes, but it's like an American thing. Yeah. Um, and then, but it turns out that it's on you, YouTube is it? I think so. I'm pretty oh, sure it's it only like two quid. But it turns out that the file system you can just stream it through Windows Media Player and it'll just play on whatever. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. Anyway, Carmen Rider Drive asks yes. the question: What if a Carmen Rider didn't ride a bike but drove a car? And what's the answer? Uh, it doesn't really make much of a difference. <laughs> He's just driving a car. <laughs> Um, he can hit and the stuff. other two riders in the show both ride motorbikes, so it's a moot point, really. Oh, um, but it's it's the series 2014, I think it was. Yeah. Um, this series basically car themed rider. He's got a big old tire that goes around his chest. Yeah. Spins around. He can plug. He has like a little wrist brace thing where he plugs a little thing that looks like a toy car. Okay. And you like push it forward like a like a. Like gear they stick. normally have like those watches. And he's got a key on a belt. Yeah. You go on this belt, go vroom, vroom, like that. What happens? Does and the his belt dick talks hard? to him. His dick gets hard. Stuff gets hard. His dick gets hard. Um, but is the main it? story is there's a bunch of these robots, there's 108 of them, called Roid Moods. Yep. Because um, Japanese people just love making weird names for monsters. Well, they love roids. Um, and these Roid Moods, they, they they can slow down time in an area. It's sort of weird. They call it density shift because it's not technically slowing time. Ooh, it just I'm going to talk about some of that later. makes people feel like they're slowing time. Yeah. Go, like that. Yeah. Um, and 
these void moods, they want nothing more than to experience human emotions. And each of them, like, they get keyed into a certain emotion or a certain vibe that humans have. And when they find someone who's, like, you know, super jealous of someone or someone who's super angry at the world, they and they they sink with them, they take on that person's appearance and then start causing havoc. And the more of that emotion they pick up, they'll evolve. And the bad guy's plan is they want to get four of them to turn into these golden enlightened forms when they've evolved enough and then they can take over the world or some <gasps> shit and drive is a cop who has to stop him and they're like special road cops special units who have been set together to deal with these roid moods but all the powers that be don't really believe they exist they're just sort of like this token gesture unit they're not even at the police station they operate out of a driving school like there's a little little driving track outside where people take their lessons yeah um and it's a fun, fun little series. It's like not as good as some of the other ones. It didn't hook me as quick. It picks up a lot halfway through. Like there's a point halfway through the series where the story sort of gain enough momentum to sort of build up, and it starts building towards the second half, and it feels a lot, lot more fun. It's sort of the energy that should have been there at the start, and it's a lot more comedic than some of the other ones, but not as much as Forza. But it is full of silly characters. But once it gets to the point halfway through the series where the whole world finds out who Drive is. And what his secret identity is and all the people on his team who have unwittingly been helping him as a Carmen Rider. They've been looking for the Carmen Rider. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, who's this Carmen Rider guy we keep hearing about? Yeah. You want everyone to be asking, where's Poochie? Yeah. Yeah. But once they all get on the same page and, you know, stuff, it all works a lot better. And it's a fun set of characters. There's, um, I like, I like the, um, science lady who makes these contraptions to check for density shift and all her contraptions look like they've taken, like, some plastic backpack and stuck light bulbs all over it and wires and shit and she's got a big colander on the head. Oh yeah, of course. That's like, how you want them to Yeah. Know. Looks all cobbled together like Ghostbusters but for kids. <gasps> Ghostbusters? Um, yeah, like their kit. Their kit just looks like it's made out of random bits of junk they've piled I really, mm. I really want to watch Ghostbusters now. Yeah. But um, yeah, this drives a fun time. I liked it. It's, yeah. you know, it bottles along. There's a character called Mac who's a bit of a miserable bastard all the time. He's always like, like I don't me. trust any of these roid moods. They're all a bunch of jerks. No one of them, none of them are any good. I mean, he's not, he's not right. Um, but then works. by the time you get to the end of the series, he's obviously, you know, one of them sacrificed. I, I had a guess that one of them was going to sacrifice themselves and the Mac would be like, no, you were my friend, really. Even though 20 minutes earlier he told him he wasn't. Um, but you know, it's standard Carmen Rider stuff. I think that's probably the worst thing on it is the worst thing you can put against it is that it is just a standard Carmen Rider series, but he's got a car now, which is very different. It's pretty sweet though. I mean, it's a nice car. Like, you know, it's a big red car. You it know, when it turns inside out and turns into a four wheel drive thing <laughs> as well. You know, this is the thing that, I, that kind of gets me is that people don't get imaginative with how to use things. And it's so easy to go, oh, okay. So he's, he's Carmen Rider, but he just has a car now. Hmm. Like, the possibilities of ramming someone and really fucking someone his up. His car turns into his armour for his final form. Oh, God. He's got so a Tridoran form. Like, if there's a monster, would you, would you like, park the car up, have a chat? I know he has a much cooler way of beating the monster with his car. Oh, yeah. Um, the car starts driving around in circle really fast. Yeah, and it causes him, a tornado. And he jumps into the middle and he ping-pongs himself off the car, kicking the monster multiple times. Okay. Him. Can I just... Can like, I... like some crazy pinball thing. But would it not be more effective... To just ram the fuck out of the monster. No, no, because a rider kick is stronger than hitting someone with a car. That's Jeff. That's just not true. Uh, rider kicks make monsters explode. That's just yeah. yeah. Driving a car into someone just breaks their legs. No, they'll explode. You just got hit them fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> I know you've seen RoboCop. <laughs> I've seen RoboCop so many times. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's a fun series. There's a couple of movies in the middle which were quite cool as well because they they kick in these movies and the show actually has a little cliffhanger teaser at the end that that the goes. Evening. This is where the movie goes. Okay, so don't miss it. Um, and the movies like one of them has a plot that's every single one of the Car Ride Drive movies for some reason involves time travel. For some, every single one of them, for some bizarre reason. How far back, though? No, just all sorts of weird time travel scenarios. But the the first one of these movies has like um, some villain from the past. A Carmen Rider was made, like there's a, a fourth Carmen Rider in the seventies oh, that you never knew no. about, and he kills the original two, and that causes the villains to take over the world. So the world's been changed, yeah. and there's a whole scenario where you know they have to defeat the villains to fix time and all this sort of stuff because eventually it's gonna these time quakes are going to solidify and then that will be the time zone or some shit. Yeah. Like if they beat him, he'll undo the damage. Um, but during that, one, the secondary rider, Mac, gets killed. And then if you'd watch that film and then not watch the little mini film that comes between it yeah. and the series carrying on, you'd wonder why Carmen Rider Mac was suddenly alive again in the series. <laughs> because there's like a mini film called Carmen Rider 4. And this one has another rider who's got a plane this time. Yeah. That's never been done before. He's a villain. Um, and this a time loop thing going on. Yeah. And it's like Groundhog Day. They go out, they try to fight. One of the riders gets killed. And it turns out it's some nonsense because Max shouldn't have died and there was a time loop thing. And it, it's all very stupid. It's, calm. It's, it's nonsense. Japanese weird, like, lip service to science fiction. They don't really care about explaining the ins and outs of it. But every time they fail, the villains get stronger. Okay. And it creates this time loop scenario. And they have to, have, they come to the conclusion that someone has to die in order for the time loop to be broken, even though the whole thing is every time they die, the time loop restarts. So There are really interesting ways to use stuff like that. I, I, mm. this, I mean, this just makes it convoluted. It's fun. Yeah. I didn't understand what their plan was. No. But they, I think they had to figure out which one of them had to die. I think that was the thing. You went until I get to talk about time travel. But, um, but yeah, it, that was a fun little film, and then the series carries on as if nothing happened. Yeah, um, like the characters died like ten times in the course of these two films. But you know, whatever. I'm not surprised. It sounds like the stakes are fairly high. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's a fun series overall. Um, the next series is Carmen Rider Ghost, and I don't know if I'll bother. With it. I think I'll, I think I'll move on to the series that's just finished in Japan, Zero One. Yeah, because um, everyone's raving about that, and it got messed up because of COVID, and it's like the second shortest Carmen Rider series in the last twenty years. Oh, okay. I think third shortest overall because I think the only one that's shorter than all of them is uh, Amazon, which is weird. Amazon's a weird. No, series. you've seen Amazon's. Oh, that's a different series. Oh, yeah, that doesn't count. Oh, because that's like a that's an uncanon thing. Oh, okay. Um, Amazon was the seventies series and it got cancelled because parents were complaining about how violent it was. Um, and they made a really silly one after called Stronger, which is the one that has the <laughs> bit where Joe bashes his way through that door because he thinks it's the entrance to the oh, secret yeah, base yeah, and falls yeah. off the cliff and it's the funniest it's yeah. fantastic that's amazing um, but Drive is fine I I don't know if I'll watch Ghost soon because like everyone always says it's mediocre and yeah. I really like Ghost's look though he's like he's got a big helmet that looks like because you know the rider's eyes always look like reflector lights on cars yeah his whole helmet like is like eyes. that but he's got like a hoodie on and it's a really cool look yeah just like this hoodie he's like a ghost and it comes out and forms onto his armour is that just like Ghost from Marvel? Me, I don't know. It's more like Dead Man. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah. Drive. Yeah, it's alright. It's decent. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's not the worst. I've seen worse Carmen Rider series. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Cool. It's got a fun theme song. And um, his belt talks to him. His belt's called a scientist called Krim Steinbelt. He was I mean, he was amazing. a real person who put his brain into the belt. He, yeah. like, digitised himself to save himself. Genius. From dying. 
Absolutely. But his name was already Stein Belt before he died. So he didn't change so, it once he died. No, no. He 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 must have really just been. He was made to be a belt. Yeah, that's like that was his destiny. Yeah, his density. Yeah. Anyway, your last review. No, I got I got another couple coming up. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, nice and quick one. I saw uh, I saw Train to Busan two. Wait, Peninsula. you've watched three films this week that I know you've watched, and you're going to talk about Train to Busan. Wait, what are the other... So, New Mutants. What did you go to the cinema today? Tenet. Yeah, what did you go see yesterday? Bill and Ted. Oh, no. Yeah. I was going to talk about Peninsula. All right, well, fuck Peninsula. I'm going to talk about New Mutants. Okay. Yeah. So, New Mutants is... If you've seen the trailer, you've seen the film. <laughs> so, I think everybody guessed what New Mutants was going to be about once they, like, saw a few different things. Like, I, I, I think that if you had a cursory knowledge of X-Men, you'd know that some of these are um, actual heroes within it, like Magic's in there. Sunspot's in it. Sunspot's in there, Speedball's yeah. in there. Um, Wiccan's in there. Not, not as, he's black in the comics, Sunspot, isn't he? And he's like... He's he's Brazilian in this. Yeah, but he's like dark-skinned Brazilian in the comic. Oh, I Yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't care. Um, so basically, yeah, uh, it's it's the story of a girl who, who, after a horrific incident in her village, wakes up in a facility <laughs> run by the Essex Corporation who are um, trying to help new mutants, as the title would, oh. title would suggest, acclimatise after traumatic incidents of their powers emerging. So um, to give you a hint at some of the, some of the challenges, um, one character, um, their transformation was treated, was treated as a curse by a religious group. So she was punished for her transformation. And this is my curse. Yeah. Um, and, and another character, another character, because of her gift, she was, she was captured by a by a um, a cult and mistreated potentially sexually. It's hinted at in the film. Um, one character was trapped in a mine and used his power, which caused a cave and killed his father, um, or did it? Um, and and our main character, her village, when it's decimated, it ends up killing her husband, uh, killing her husband, killing her father. Oh no, her father! I thought we were all orphans. Um, She's an orphan now. And um and yet what can be said about New Mutants? It feels like a next Netflix movie when you're watching it. It really does. Mm. Um I said last week that I was sorry, two weeks ago that I was excited about seeing this because I knew some of the people that worked on the special effects. Mm. And they had they had said that like they, they had worked hard and it is like a full release and stuff like that. There are so many shots that look green screened, there are so many effects that don't look finished. There's one particular bit at the end that looks like a PS3 game. But then there are spectacular uses of effects. Like, there are um, Sunspot... And that's the most important part of anything. <laughs> well, no, Sunspot, when he uses his powers, um, he's a bit like Johnny Storm. He completely sets fire, but he's got these, like, black sections almost like the sun. Like, it's like a surface of his skin mm. is burning. Um, and you are told that he had a partner at one point that he tried to be intimate with, and because he can't control his power, if he if he gets... If he gets aroused or if he, if he exercises too much or if, you know, anything that would cause the human's body temperature to rise causes his to rise at an ex- alarming rate to mm. some extreme temperature and he ended up killing his partner at the time. And, and, uh, and like there is this effect of her like coming up from the water and like touching his back and stuff. It looks incredible. But those effects are so few and far between. Like the way they deal with that is he's freaking out because this dream. The the plot is they're all trapped in this facility, the Essex Corporation, and they keep having nightmares that become more and more real. And it's only since this girl's been introduced that these nightmares are happening. And after her traumatic beginning, you get the idea that maybe they're linked to her. 
there are mentions of demons and things like that, but spoilers, no, her mutant power is that her dreams can come to life. Like her dreams or other people's dreams, I should say nightmares. So anything that, that reveals your innermost fears become real mm. in her presence when she's asleep and she can't control it. And in the beginning, the thing that attacked them was a giant demon bear. And that's because her dad taught her that her fears could be fed to a bear. Demon bear. And as the bear gets, as you get older, as you feed more of your fears to this bear, the bear gets bigger. I made myself bleed. You're picking your spot. Yeah, I know. Stop it. Oh. All right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's so predictable. It's so unbelievably predictable. Like, I was in there for five minutes and I was like, oh, this is that, that's this. It was almost like... That's because you've seen the film in trailers for the last ten years. <laughs> it's... Well, no, even if... I don't think it would have been... There would have been any mysteries even if you hadn't seen it, seen any of the trailers. Mm. It's so formulaic. Like, there's a bit where they're watching the scene from Buffy where Anya and... Uh, not Anya. Uh, Willow and... Who was Willow's girlfriend for like a Tara. season? Tara. They... I should remember that name, shouldn't I? Um, they, they share a kiss on screen. I think it was the first, one of the first gay kisses on primetime TV or some, it was some big event. For, for stuck up Americans, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, it was some big event and, and they're watching that. And then the next, like within 10 minutes, there is a, there's a lesbian relationship forming. Yeah. And it's just like, it's that sort of, it's, it's firstly, it's straight white guy syndrome where it's like, Hey, they see it on TV. So they want to do it. That could be what it is. Or it could be that he's like, oh, these two girls want to kiss each other. There's like a shower scene where all that happens is there's exposition delivered, but they deliver it topless. Not with their tits facing the screen. It's not like gratuitous. But it's still just a case of all it reveals is that one of the characters has a brand on her shoulder, leading to more of her backstory about where she was. But you could show someone wielding a brand near her and you wouldn't need to have a shower scene. Like, it's, it's that kind of crap. And it also, it feels like a lot of stuff's been cut out because it's, it just flies by. It's 90 minutes. That's long enough. Um, I, it I is, like it when films just, it end. is, it absolutely is long enough. But it's just, when it's 90 minutes long and it feels like they have cut a load of stuff out and it's obvious, it doesn't hurt for it to be an extra 10 minutes if they had the right stuff in. Um, it's fine. Like, that's kind of the best thing I can say about it, is that it's mediocre. It's a big send-off for the Fox movie X-Men universe. It's not. It feels like it. Like they do leave it open for a sequel. Yay, we're going to get one. And it's kind of funny, because they mention the X-Men. No. Like, they do mention the X-Men, and obviously in the comics... Because they're going to cross over them. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Everyone's good in it. Like, that's kind of the other thing as well. Like, everyone is good in it. There's only really seven characters. I think it's the fastest Adam Beach has been killed off in a film since Suicide Squad. (laughs) Hey, I'm slipped up. Oh, I'm dead. It's got, um, what's his face from Stranger Things, isn't it? Who? One of the lads from Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the crackhead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's British, and his accent throughout this film is fuck up. He talks like, wow, well, my dad used to work down the mines. And he's an American. We've I seen him work. in Stranger Things. He talks now American. Now, I work down the mines. He... At least he doesn't struggle with... like So in Stranger Things, my biggest issue with that character is that he's the fucking worst. I hate him. And it really annoys me that he survived the first season. Because every time every time there's a call to action, he's the first person to go, No! 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 And like, people are like, oh, I love him. I love him. He's the best. Because he gets scared. In my head, I'm like, I'm like, if you're in that situation and you're that, that afraid, you don't stand there and go, Aah! 
oh, you run. Like, that's the... And, like, you've got other characters that are more compelling. Like, you've got someone like Steve who actually has a character and changes. Are you in love with Steve? I fucking love Steve. Yeah. But um but yeah, like Perfect. he's he's fine. He's not great, but that accent's grating. Everyone else is really good. Um Maisie Williams is doing a Scottish accent, I think. She's Scottish. Is she? Yeah. No, she's Her not. Name's she's Maisie. She's British. Her name's Maisie, she's a Scottish. She has a British accent normally. She's Scottish. Is she really? Yeah. Her Scottish accent is bad. <laughs> it's it doesn't sound good. It might just be the dubbing, because it's clearly dubbed in a lot of scenes. It's like, maybe you're not the one to judge Scottish accents. So. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm yeah. not. But yeah, the audio in some scenes is so obviously dubbed. And there is, there's some great, like, off-scene dialogue given. Mm. Like, there's a scene where you can't see that someone's in the shot. And then another character runs off, and there will be a shot of a hallway as they run down a hallway. And then from the side of it, Hey! Don't run off alone! And then it cuts quickly to him coming around a corner and then him going down that same corridor. And I was like, oh, they went on set that same day. So they had to cut had to add his audio of him appearing in that same mm. area and then chasing after a character because the actors were obviously busy. <laughs> uh, yeah, mediocre at best. Like, there's nothing I could say that's... It's not a total shit show. It's fine. And that's kind of a glowing review compared to Dark Phoenix. If they had, if they hadn't made Dark Phoenix and this was released instead, I can see Disney considering following this on, genuinely, because mm. it's just fine. Like this would have made a lot of money if this was the only X Men film to come out in the last two, three years. It is pretty much. No one watched Dark Phoenix. You got Dark Phoenix. You got Deadpool two. Deadpool two doesn't count. Yes, it does. Eh. Yes, it does. Nah. It's canon. They're all in it. Or. Are you just imagining? This is another David Spade. I really don't know how else to how else to rate this one. It's you're a Spade. It's fine, you know. Like I said, hit and miss. Lots of hit and miss. A little bit more hit than miss, but just not enough to justify risking your life and going to the cinema for. Unless you're me. And your review. Oh, my head. Have you remembered what the thing is? No. You gonna stop picking your face? No. I got. Stop picking it. God damn it. You don't. Alright. Um, what can I talk about? Well, I don't know. What have you watched? What should I fill the time with? Well, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me what you I didn't watched. finish watching anything, did I? Okay. It's Battletoads. Cool. I only played a couple of hours of it. You That's probably more played than more. Played. Didn't you? I thought you played a few more. No. It's alright. It's fine. I like it. It's funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's genuinely funny. Do you feel like it was, it, originally they were trying to make a cartoon? Maybe. Because some of the animation in between stuff, like, I really like, I really like the intro to it, where it's just like, hey, these idiots have thought this simulation was actual life for the last, like, 20 years. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, wait, is this even a new simulation? It's like, no, this is, like, one of the really old ones. It's like, really... Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even have smell. But no, it's, it's, it's a, you know, Battletoads game, so it mixes up its genres every now and again. Yeah. Like a lot of them have. Um, scrolling beat up primarily. Um, I'm finding the combat's actually got a lot of depth to it, a lot more than I was expecting. Like being able to the crowd control going on and it is pretty crazy. Yeah. Like stuff like being able to stick enemies to the spot, drag them towards you with your tongue, or drag yourself towards them and whatnot. Mm. Um, you know, different techniques needed for different enemies. It feels a little bit more in depth than a lot of scrolling beat 'em ups get, because a lot of them are content just to have you punch the same punch combo over and over again. Yeah. Um, and you know you have bits where you jump into the background and stuff. You know they do, they do a couple of neat little things with it. Um, do you think the levels go on a bit long sometimes? Um. And like the bike riding level especially goes on for like forever. 
I feel like that went on for like 20 minutes. I hated it so much. Uh, I was fine with it. I shot through it. No troubles. <laughs> I like the um, the little level where they're um, doing day jobs. I liked that. Out. Yeah. They're I liked, doing I liked... massages and he's working at the email office. Yeah, that's that was my favourite <laughs> one was the email. I said, type, 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 send. And he's just smacking the thing. Yeah. And then, it's, yeah, it says in a later cutscene that he's working at the email office and that's all they do is just send emails. <laughs> um, you know, he keeps coming back to the water cooler and the guys are going, yeah, he just wants to talk about the 90s all the time. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Um, that cutscene sequence after that has the best line though where, when they're like, um, rash zits and... Um, one of the big big guy, yeah. they're in bed. Like, and he hears someone moving around. He's like, "Oh, someone's broken in." He goes, "Don't be silly. No, we got nothing worth stealing." And he goes, "Yeah, you're right. I'll go apologise to him." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that freaking... that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that cracked me up. His voice at first, I didn't like because he sounded really natural. Yeah, like the other two have really cartoony Saturday morning cartoon voices. Yeah, and the big one, I can never remember his name. Was it Zix, Rash, and Pimple? Pimple, yeah. the big one. Um, he's sounds really like naturalistic but then when the cartoon stuff really kicks in and you're getting the cut scenes it feels more like it because it almost has that sort of regular showish mm. like vibe to him um but yeah that's like the it's just a genuinely fun game and it's like it's i like that they've they've acknowledged that battle toads are kind of a bit shit in in one sense like the battle toads as a concept is extremely dated and mm doesn't fit now because they were right in that middle of anthropomorphized animals yeah it was street sharks teenage mutant ninja turtles they were on the middle part of that because yeah. yeah and also biker mice from mars and cowboys and moon mates yeah, and freaking stuff. never ended it was millions of them i know if I you know, could i loved all of if them. you could stand an animal upright you know make it look vaguely human they went for it moon mesa freaking the cows and moon mesa so jesus good. christ so good does Gargoyles count as one of those things? No. I think it sort of almost does. But Gargoyles, Gargoyles is was clever. Amazing, yeah. yeah. And Darkwing Duck. <gasps> Let's get dangerous. Oh, so good. But um yeah, it's it's decent enough. And you know, it's on Game Pass, can't complain. I'd be amazed if this doesn't get ported to Switch soon. Yeah, I was, like, I was thinking that. It's perfect fit for Switch. Yeah. Um and it's you know, it's the combat is surprisingly in depth that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Each character feels different. I like the method of like if your character gets wiped out. You just pop to another. You swap one. to the other character. You can switch them at any time as well and mix up combos by switching characters. Like. And also, if someone's down, then they yeah. slowly get health back as you defeat enemies. Yeah, yeah. But it's a nice system. It's not as not as um, frustrating as the original game is, where it was just like constant deaths. Yeah. Um, although people who keep going on about the bike chase sequence in the original NES game, it's mm. not as difficult as they say it is. You're just not paying attention. I wasn't very good at it and I didn't like it. It was very frustrating. I've, I've never found it too much trouble. Have you not? I played on the Game Boy as well. <laughs> oh, the Game Boy version, yeah, because you can't see fuck all. Yeah, I played. well, no, I've played both. I played it on the NES and I played it on the Game the Boy. The Mega Drive version's... Um, I haven't played Mega Drive version. Mega Drive version's good. It's quite rare, though, because it was quite late. I played uh, Battle oh. Toads and Double Dragon on the Mega Drive. I played it on SNES. Was it on SNES or was it It was a good game, that. I liked that. I liked the spaceship level at the beginning yeah. where you had the boss where you just lobbing cannibals in and I was like, this is the same boss from before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm in much the same boat. I enjoyed it a lot. I think that a lot of my frustrations come from the, um, they are trying to, they're, they're trying to focus more on being clever in some levels, which is, which is to a detriment occasionally. Like, there are, um, I think it's the third or fourth stage you're in like a refinery. And you enter into the refinery and you've, you've previously had water on one of the levels and then suddenly you're in this level where you've got like this green goo. I kept trying to avoid it because I thought it was poisonous because obviously it's green and you're like, 
You're like, oh, I've got to be cautious Yeah, but there. they're battle toads. I'll be fine with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then they introduce these electric enemies, and you get a lot of waves where it's the electric enemies and the enemies that fire long-range projectiles. Mm. I found them so fucking infuriating. I was like, it's clever design, and once or twice I'd be like... Well, they oh, warn you when they're about to fire, and that's when you dash. I know, I know, but it's just it's still really mm. frustrating me. Just because I, I was focusing on that, and then the electric enemies charging the water. and got man deers here. you got to look all over the place and I take everything at I once. I get better at it. Yeah. Um, but the humour I loved. A lot yeah. of people said they hate it. I thought it was great. I I think even the bike level, I, I hated the fucking bike level. And yeah, I know that you didn't find it too hard, but I hated the bike level. I didn't hate level. the bike level. It just it went on and on. I think that was like, the joke. Because it goes through three different sections. Yeah. And, and I think that, if they just had one section, and then later on do another one. Yeah. But, I think the joke was that it's... Not as hard as the old one, but it just sort of goes on forever. And that yeah. tension that it's going to get harder is kind of the joke. Maybe. I think that's the whole point. I think the whole game is a lot of jokes that sort of go over our heads at points. Oh. Like, There's no grabbing enemies by the gonads and punching them straight in the no, nuts like that. in the arcade game, which is disappointing. You don't even have a big <laughs> fist anymore. You've got a brick. Uh, different characters have different things, don't they? Oh, do they? Because um, one of them pulls out an arcade machine and... Wack- oh, really? Yeah, not like waggles the joystick and it smacks enemies cool. either side. Yeah, there's all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I, sure. I, I love the design of it. Mm. It looks great. I mean, it, it, again, you're right. In looking at some of the games that reviewed over the last few months alone, there have been a lot of these side-scrolling beat 'em ups. Mm. The thing is, the best one's still Streets of Rage Four recently and Double Dragon Neon a few years back. Yeah. Although Double Dragon Neon, the PC version, I got does love to crash every now and again. Streets of Red's amazing. Yeah. I really love that. Um, I don't think a lot of people played that either. And that I was need just... to play River City Girls. Apparently yeah, that's great. apparently that's really good. I haven't played that yet. Yeah. Um, and also, um, oh no, it's not a side-scroller. I was thinking of that um, GTA, you know, like the classic GTA-style game? Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's something to do with you're like a property magnate. And you're reducing the price of everything by going around and causing chaos and like crimes and stuff. No idea. It's a bit like GTA. Shakedown Miami. Oh, that's the sequel to friggin' uh, Retro, Retro City Rampage. Rampage. Yeah. That's it, yep. yep. Yeah, I didn't play that. I didn't either, but I, I got want Retro to. City Rampage, but I played Shakedown Miami. No, I haven't played Shakedown Miami. But mm-hmm. I will play it eventually. But yeah, I'm, I'm liking these resurgence of, cause like I said, although the, although the cleverness, the strive to be cleverness, clever on this game frustrated me in some sections. One of the things I like are that people are thinking about those old game mechanics and they're going, well, these are still good. Mm. There is still room for this. It's nice to not have a Dark Souls game every week, even though we had Mortal Shell recently. I'm sure if someone makes a vaguely difficult scrolling beat up, they'll call it the Dark Souls. The of- Dark Souls or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. going to be all Fall Guys games from now on, man. Mm. You're going to get friggin' Rainbow Six Fall Guys. Red Dead Redemption, Fool Guys. Well, let's see how uh, Avengers does next week. Dark Souls, week. Fool Guys. Is it next week? That Avengers game looks bad. I've done a one people. It doesn't necessarily look bad. So it looks like it looks like the sort of movie license game you got in the Xbox 360 era, hmm. but it's also filled with all the worst traits of microtransactions yeah, and basically- download content and crap. It's just square, man. Just stop it. Do you remember my review of Destiny, where I said that like I bought Destiny, but I didn't buy Destiny. That's what it is. You buy a game, but you don't buy a game. It's a live service. Yeah, everyone loves the live services now. Ugh. Fucking... Uh. Anyway, your review. Um, how many reviews have I got left? Two. Two. Okay. Tenet. Should I do Tenet first? And then I guess. Test? Yeah. Okay, so I saw Tenet today. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah, I saw 10 ETs. Um, it's a really... Uh, Christopher Nolan. Where do you stand on Christopher Nolan now? Eh. What's your favourite Christopher Nolan film? What's your, your, your Christopher? Uh, Dark Knight or Prestige? 
Yeah, good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Did you like Inception? Inception's all right, although 90% of the film is in explaining the things that are happening. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of uh, Interstellar? Did you ever watch Interstellar? I no. No. See, I, I, I like most of his films. I can openly admit that. I mean, I've even got a bit Insomnia's of a Insomnia's good. People huh? should watch Insomnia. Insomnia's good, yeah. Robin Williams turns out a really good performance with uh, Al Pacino in that, doesn't he? Mm, no, it was Robin Williams, wasn't it? Yeah, Robin Williams and Al Pacino, I believe. I'm thinking One Hour Photo as well. That's yeah, the... One Hour Photo is good, but that's not... That's not them, but that's the Robin Williams film I was. That's David Fincher, isn't it? What our photo? Nah. Oh, Um, but anyway, so Chris Nolan, yeah. um, I mean, even going back to Memento and things like that, like really good films. I really like a lot of his filmography. I think some things are stronger than others. Like you, I really like The Prestige. I mean, The Prestige is um, a film when you watch it, it's a director using the actors to tell a story rather than a director telling a story and then just the actors being superfluous to the story and sort of trying to explain their way through it, much like Inception was. Um, Tenet fucking weird yeah yeah so um, the main character throughout the film is called the antagonist he's he's not like he's not given a name really he's just yeah he's just he is just our poor is this going to be really on the nose yeah oh. um, in the beginning of the film a uh, job is going wrong and there is some strange goings on during a hostage rescue in which uh, our, our main antagonist um, sees a bullet go from a bullet hole to a gun and he sort of just about dodges it and avoids being shot by it. Backwards. And then shoots the guy. No, he's moving in normal. So it's it's called inversion. So I'll get to it. So Tenet is all about time existing both forward and backwards at the same in the same period. Um the main character is during this mission, he goes to escape but is knocked out by the villains and then takes his own life using a pill, or at least he thinks he does. He wakes up and he's told you are now joining an agency that is going to stop World War Three from happening by preventing someone who has nuclear weapons from using those weapons. Um, the reason that we've tracked this person down is that they're using a technology that we're using, so we're going to get you involved in this to help us to stop these people, and it's all linked to an arms dealer played by Kenneth Branagh, who's mm. doing a terrible Russian accent. But, and he's fucking chewing scenery. That's one of the weirdest things about this film. Christopher Nolan often has like muted characters... Like I said, the story happens around them. They sort of try and explain their way around it. Someone like Matthew McConaughey, who's usually quite charismatic, mm. comes across as quite just flat during Interstellar for that very specific reason. He saves all his charisma for... Um, for uh, Magic for XXL? Serenity. Oh, right. Um, and even in even in something like uh, The Prestige, mm. Hugh Jackman... Well, actually, no, saying that, The Prestige, again, that's the last actor telling a story. I would say something like Inception... A lot of that film is Leonardo DiCaprio saying, when you enter your dreams, and it's just like, he seems quite flat. The only times he sort of comes alive is when there's character interactions that he could really chew on. But for most of them, he's like, this is what's happening. This is why it's happening. This is what we need to do. And that that can get great and that can get boring. So in this, we're told that there is something called inversion where an item can be imbued with it. And when that item's imbued with it, it essentially exists both forward and backwards in time. So if you were to, but only, only to the effects of how they were physically affected during a period. Understand? So if you were to take a Some coin. Bollocks. Yeah. So if you were to take a coin and you were to drop it on a table and mm. it was inverted, you couldn't have that coin jump to your hand. But what you could do is you could hold your hand above it to replicate you dropping it and it could rise up to your hand. You're reversing that action. Mm-hmm. so they say firing a gun he says firing my gun feels weird and she goes it's because you're not really firing your gun 
you're catching a bullet that's been fired. So that's the whole idea is that they can insert these objects or these situations into an area, use these actions that have almost been uh, stored, and then use those to affect, like, say, a mission in their favour. Uh-huh. So imagine if you went to... If, if you knew bad guys were going to try and steal something, you were going to get there in time to stop them, but you didn't have the resources to have someone there at all times, or you didn't have the manpower to have someone there at all times and affect that situation positively. What you could do is you could have a wall where you've just got a bit of plaster that's been fired with bullets, and then when the people arrive, have guards waiting to ambush them and then recall those bullets. And the whole idea is inversion. It makes them more powerful because the reverse action... It's fighting against the forward momentum of time. So it's almost like a multiplier. So in the fact that they're it being... Sounds like drawn. you should probably just design a game instead of... Yeah, a lot. It does sound like that a lot. <laughs> um, it's really interesting. It's really... There's a really, really interesting fight that is all moves that they've already practiced with other people. So there is a fight between... I think his name is David Washington... David Washington. I can't remember the name it's of the man. It's Washington's son, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I can't remember the, his name. Um, mm. But anyway, so he's having a fight with someone in a corridor. And as he's, as he's like trying to pull the guy into his favour, the guy has like obviously done jujitsu training and imbued something with if, this inversion. So the guy, as he's pulled towards him, uses the inversion so that he sort of tumbles round as if he's been propelled in the opposite direction. Mm. And it looks really cool because it looks like there's no propulsion to that action. And uh, and that's really interesting. And also, like, it, there is a point where they themselves become inverse. They use the inverted, uh, the machine to imbue themselves with this inversion. And and that's really cool. And like the whole idea is really cool. And I, I really wanted to like it, but again, it's 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 good. It's not great. If if I was to if I was to put this anywhere, I'd say it was below most of everything else that Christopher Nolan has. Below Dark Knight Rises. I, well, this is on par with Dark Knight Rises, I'd say. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's about it's about on par with that. Because a my lot favorite of this- bit in Dark Knight Rises is when they make a big deal about getting back into the city is difficult. Yeah. Don't tell you how Batman got back into city, but in his first meeting, he had enough time to set a big old flying bat fire, fiery bat symbol up on a building. Yeah, without anyone noticing. Of course he did. This place is meant to be under surveillance to make sure no one comes in or out. And it's Batman. <laughs> it's Batman. He fought. He I'm Batman. His bat. Like flame effect thing, and it just flew along and sprayed some petrol on Look, a building. It, all I'm going to say is that if if what I'm saying makes no sense, then it's because it's a Christopher Nolan film, and it likes mm. to, they like to take complicated, well, very simple ideas, and make them complicated. I bet you there's a Ducktales comic that this happens. Probably. Um, it's it's really it, like, on the most simple basis. It is just they they zap items with this thing, and it basically means if you throw something, you can then retract it. You can retract that action. It doesn't need to be immediately. Like I said, you could store them up. So it could be really interesting. Like, there could be some really cool fights. Like, imagine a fight between two martial artists. Mm-hmm. If someone who's thrown a punch a million times could suddenly reverse their action and re-propel themselves after they see that someone's going to block in a certain way. But then on the other side of that, the person who's blocked a million times is able to recall that action, turn it into a punch. You know, like, there's, there's these... You just end up with a whole bunch of people twitching back and forth. Yeah, basically. Basically. But, I mean, that's... <laughs> That's kind of how this would be best used, but in this, it does feel a bit like it's a really cool concept, really cool idea, and there are some really cool characters, but it doesn't amount to much. It really doesn't feel like much, and it is mostly because a lot of the characters spend the time going, oh, darling, don't try and explain it. Just uh, go with it. You know, this is how it That's works. That's the thing, though, when Nolan does this sort of stuff, is like, 
He's come up with these concepts that take way too long to explain. Yeah. Memento works because you get the idea the film's going backwards in time. Yeah. Like every scene is a, is after the previous one. Yeah. Before the previous one, rather. You know, you figure that out fairly early on, what's going on. You know, the tattoos start disappearing from his body as the film goes on. Yeah. Um, you know, that's okay. But it didn't take any explaining. There isn't like a scene in the film where he's going, right, okay, this isn't going to make any sense to you, but uh, this entire story that we're in, this film, it's going backwards. Like that. Hmm. Didn't need any of that. But when he does stuff like Inception of Tenet, you have to have characters fucking explaining all this weird, crazy technology and how it's not time travel, okay? Yeah. It's a form of time travel, okay? Well, it kind of is. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the thing, like, they go back in time. You like, may not be reversing the world's time, you're reversing a chron- chrono- chronographic freaking particles on one item. Yeah, and also, if you're, if you imbued something with, with, this inversion, you could theoretically return them to an earlier point. Because everything up until the point of inversion, it doesn't actually say whether or not it's something that has to happen after it's been imbued. Mm. I mean, the most interesting thing is that this is a crime thriller and you could you could get rid of that and just say irradiated bullets. That's kind of the weird thing and something I kept thinking about today when I was watching it is like, oh, maybe they're not bullets that can reverse time. Maybe they're bullets that if you shoot someone with something and they think they're relatively mm. safe... What's actually happening is they're horribly poisoned by radiation, so it kills them slowly in mm. a few weeks. They're, they're, they're so irradiated that the only people that can hold them are people that are already dying. So all our assassins are on, are, are dying. And so every time they try and track someone down, oh, it, it's too late. They're dead. Let's go see what their family's doing. Oh, their family are, are, have moved away. You know, like, oh, okay. And you could just say, oh, all these people horrible, like they've, they've got these horrible diseases. It turns out they've been giving them to these like really high, high tech, highly trained people. But they go, all these people have got diseases and we've said to their families, we're going to give you millions of pounds to look after you forever. Your husband's dying anyway and he's agreed to do this. And they'd be like, thank you so much. And you know, like they're just gone. Like you can't find them. And then like just to have a film like that. And it's the exact same film because you've got the same idea. Everything's temporary. Everything's time. Everything's based on, you know, movement, but at the same time, you don't have to reverse any shit. Yeah, but then you get really funny-looking stuff in trailers, and people go, "Ooh, yeah." You got to show them stuff they haven't seen before, kid. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched a film where like there's something like that. Though. Nolan's next film is going to be. It's like they're not fighting; they're fighting upside down, and characters are going to be able to go upside down, like the film Upside Down. Yeah, they'll be on the ceiling. <laughs> Dancing on the ceiling. Dancing on the ceiling. And it's like it's completely different because they're upside down now. Ah, I get it, I get it. That's the known as next film. Then it go See, that's the other thing that really annoys me. There's, there is some of that in this. There are some of those basic notes, but they, they, they are part of the film. Like that's kind of the thing that people forget. Like they weren't in Interstellar. Like there were loud noises, like that loud deep noises, but they were machines and mm. things within the. They're all diegetic noises, like. In Inception, that was a diegetic noise. It was the slowed down music as they went between levels. Yeah. In this, there are noises like that, but it's like a reverse of loud noises that happen, like gunshots going back and things like that, that punctuate the, and it, that's, that's kind of interesting. Again, it's full of so many interesting ideas, but it's just, it's one of those films where I constantly went, this didn't need to be this complicated. Yeah, I don't and know. It, and like, it. <laughs> the way it looks and stuff is impressive, but it's at the cost of it being a good story. Because it does just boil down to Russians accidentally... Well, Russians revealed themselves by using bullets 
that were only available to people with the tenant facilities and now they're out there because some arms trader, uh, arms dealer has them. And maybe they're being sent back in time. Maybe there's a time travel element or maybe there's not. Did you ever see the Adjustment Bureau? Yeah, I liked it. That was almost a good Bureau. film, that. Yeah. I liked it. Anthony Mackie was so fucking charming. had a nice, simple concept that we just, I just didn't no, take much explaining. I just like the <laughs> idea. Of it. I just like the idea of a film where it was, where it's essentially like, oh, there are these beings that live above us and they could be angels. They might be aliens. It doesn't really matter. All that we know is they have a bunch of doors. And then Anthony Mackie's like, look, I like you, dude. Here's my hat. Do it. And I kind of like the idea of, like, that's, that's a natural, that's a natural occurrence. It is a, it's a supernatural idea, but humanity appearing in places you don't expect it to is a, is it like, it's a story told millions of times over. It doesn't require tons of explanation. No, it's just one dude going like, Hey, Matt Damon, you're a likable guy and you're trying to do good. I'm going to just give you a leg up. It's going to be at the expense of my job, but this is just CV filler. You know, like, I don't want to do this forever. I don't know what my future he really is. He wants to get into VCR repair. Maybe that's what he wants to do. But yeah, mm. like, I kind of, I kind of liked that film. I think, I've got a weak point for Emily Blunt, so I can't really talk on why, but. No. But yeah, Tenant, uh, it's interesting. I think that again, it's going to be like Joker. It's going to be an idiot's action movie where they're like, you never believe what I saw, mate. There was a block going back in time. We'll find a gun going forward in time, going backward in time with some gun bullets. You catch it in his gun. He fired the bullets. And they're all going to be like, and then they go watch Joker for the 50th time, like two weeks later. Uh, No, I, it's fine. It's like, again, it's fine. I, I liked it. It was better than New Mutants. It was a film. Like it very much feels like a film, but it feels like. It feels like someone went backwards, forwards in time and Chris Nolan went, I can write a script around that. But he didn't. <laughs> he just didn't. He was like... He was like his brother writes the scripts. Yeah, and David Escoyer. Um, is David Goyer involved in yeah, this Yeah, he one? is, yeah. Uh, I think he wrote The Dark Knight. It's good people it? stopped him directing stuff. Yeah, because he was terrible. Yeah. Um, like at Blade Trinity, which I rewatched recently. <laughs> um, but I give this... Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna give this... Oh, I'm going to give this... Uh, Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all right. It's pretty good. Um, but I mean, just don't think about it too much and it'll be fine. So don't think about it too much, Anne. I'm not going to think about it. Don't ever. think about Superman 4. Oh, Superman 4 is great. The Quest for Piss. Yeah. They cut a whole scene with Bizarro. Yeah. yeah. Your review, Ant. Right. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, Rogue Legacy 2. I've been playing. You've been playing Rogue Legacy early 2. Early access version. <gasps> And you said you wouldn't. Got it early. You said you wouldn't. It's more Rogue Legacy. Is it good, Rogue yeah, Legacy? Yeah, I'm really liking it. So far, the early access is really early, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're doing the Rogue Legacy. They're doing early access thing right, where they're only putting out what's presentable. Yeah. Um, like, the skill tree is a lot smaller than it's going to be in the final version of the game and all this. Um, the art style's changed. It's like, it's all hand-drawn stuff, but the character models are all three-dimensional objects, uh, characters now. Oh, cool. So it allows them to do a lot more sort of detailed animations and stuff every now and again, but they've kept the core gameplay animations looking exactly like the original one. Especially oh. because, I mean, in the original one, you only had the sword guy yeah. swinging the sword around, and you had that distinct running animation with the yeah. sword held up. Um, exactly the same in this. Like, even hits the same keyframes and everything. Oh, cool. But they've added in three other classes you can play as. So you get a barbarian who... The main difference of Barbarian, you get strong, you get more health and you do stronger damage, but you can't move while swinging your axe. And when you jump and attack, you do a spinning, like, oh, okay. spin like thing. Like Shakan the Forever Man. Yeah, exactly like Shakan the Forever Man. Um, Everyone's going to get that reference. So he's like 
it's fun. I'm finding the swordman and the barbarian the easiest ones to get used to. And then the other two classes take a lot more skill. There's the archer, who, mm. like, you use the animal... You, you pull the trigger... Well, you press the button to attack. And when it does that, it pulls your bow back. And then you can use the analog stick to aim direction. Yeah. But you can do this in midair, and you'll slow down in time in midair when you're using it. Yeah. So you, like... It'll actually a little bit of hover time to do your aiming and everything. Um, you know, to fire arrows and all this. And the other one's the wizard, who is, like... Uh, I it's really difficult to use the wizard and I don't think it's good enough. Um I think the wizard definitely needs tweaking because the way the wizard works is um like a couple of a little way in front of your character you've got like a circle and that doesn't move that just stays in front of you all the time. And whenever you cast a spell what's in that circle gets hit. But if something's between you and that circle yeah and not in the range of your wand being struck mm. they're not going to get hit. Okay. So your wand will do a little damage if you get close enough to hit them with it. And if they're not in that circle, they won't get hit. So it's a bit tricky. I think it would be better if it fired a projectile towards that circle. When it hit the circle, it exploded. Yeah. And then that way, if anyone's in between you and that circle, they're still going to take damage. Because the game's not precise enough to be able to hit that accurately. But I'm sure there's players who are really you know, flashy and great at the game who are going to have no troubles with it. And that's going to be their, their player, the character they use for speed runs and stuff. Because you do have some advantage of it, because you can attack enemies from behind walls and stuff like that with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the wizard's definitely the trickiest one. Um, they've introduced a few other things now, like certain genetic traits will boost how much gold you gain. So, like if you've got glaucoma, which is the one that like messes up your vision a whole yeah. bunch, you'll get ten percent extra gold and whatnot. Oh, okay. Um, some so of your skills like bonuses to having those issues. Yeah. So, like okay. it'll be a trade-off. Not all of them though. But um, I quite like the diva one that just puts a spotlight on you. Oh. And you can't see fuck all in the level apart from what's <laughs> in the spotlight. Um, there's some there's some fun ones. There's a retro one that turns everything into a Game Boy screen. and That's amazing. Yeah. Although Can you play it forever? No, it's a little bit too bright. They need to adjust the contrast oh, on the okay. greens. You know, I want accurate Game Boy representation. Grey and black. Come on. Game um, Boy Pocket represent. But there's there's lots of cool stuff going on in there. I like the, um, like the area so far. There's only the one main area. There's half another area. The first area's got its boss in it, which is... The boss is a bitch. I can't... He's, Freaking nasty. Yeah. I'll beat him eventually. But it's a bit more inventive than the bosses in the previous ones. Yeah, because they were mostly just Castlevania riffs, well, weren't the, they? The bosses in the previous ones were, they were pretty much all like static enemies that flew around and lit one fired loads of bullets at you and you yeah. dodged it. Right? Yeah, like Castlevania. Yeah, like, but this yeah. guy's a bit more jumping around. He's got attack patterns and stuff and all that. Um, and there's a whole bunch of new spells you can have as well. My favourite one's the gravity beam where you do a freaking Kamehameha and just blast a massive beam across the whole screen. Yeah. Um, and there's the second area as well, which you can't really get into until you've got the dash. Once you've got the dash, you can get into the second area. But that's like a dock area, okay. boats and stuff. Um, but that hasn't got a boss on it yet. But that's all there is so far. And it looks like every two months they're planning to chuck a big update and do lots of smaller updates in between them. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's more Rogue Legacy. I'm happy with, I'm happy with more Rogue Legacy. I fucking honest. adore Rogue Legacy. It's a great game. I bought it way too many times. Yeah, I got it on PC years and years ago. I got it on PS3 years ago, and then I got the... PS4 and the Vita version for free. Ooh. Yeah, it was cross by. But um, yeah, this one's more more of the same, but really nice. Yeah. Good. Cool. Um, I'm liking the bonus. Like to, you have to unlock the drift, the skill, the um, what is it? Dash ability. Yeah. Um, but you the you'll find in the castle heirlooms, and you go into them, and it's like a series of trials to pull off. Yeah. Um, like they they're pretty tricky, but they're not too difficult like you will get the hang of them it's not like guacamole yeah guacamole's fun guacamole's great but the second one 
They sort of went, you remember how to use this? And they're like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, God, fucking damn it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a good time. I like the new thing, because in the previous one, you could strike down to bounce on certain objects. Yeah. And they've turned this into a full gameplay mechanic now. You tap the LB button. You can still do down an attack if you want. But um, you'll do a spin, and that'll let you bounce off of objects and enemies and off of spikes. So if you're heading towards spikes, you can hit it and bounce off them and stuff. Yeah. Um, you can also, when you take a hit, you can hit the jump button in midair, and you'll do a recovery jump. So you can take a hit in front of an enemy and then do a recovery jump and go over them and attack from the other side and stuff. So if you're willing to take damage, you can get some extra maneuverability out of it, which is quite neat. Hmm. Um, it feels just feels good to play. Um, I'm getting some frame stutters and stuff, but it's early access. It's bound to happen. Yeah. Um, and it's all in 4K. You can have like 4K mode on it. It's like really, really flashy. Yeah, and just nice flashy, high-resolution, textury art. Looks all nice. Cool. I like it. It's good stuff. It's, you know, early access. I'll probably keep playing it until it comes out eventually. Probably won't be finished for a while, but yeah, we'll see. I think it's going to be a while before it's but completely done. These early access games, though, they're actually, this one's one of the ones that's likely to be finished, unlike friggin' Seven Days to Die. Someone told me the other day Seven Days to Die is in, like, its 21st alpha stage or something. I thought it was done. No, no, apparently it's still early access. Like Jesus. Friggin', it's a con. You're getting conned. Speaking of PS4 games, I've got that on PS4. You want a game as a service? Just do a games as a service. Don't yeah. don't just keep saying, "Oh no, our game is, is not ready to be out." No, probably not. I don't know. But what they're doing is they're just—they're not actually finishing the game. No, they're just constantly adding stuff to it, and they're saying, "Look, it's a bit shit," but that, you know, it's you know, it's a work in progress. Yeah, but the oh, you got to remember that the other finish side, the game and then do the other, the other side stuff. of that is something like No Man's Sky, where you mm. overpromise, underdeliver. No Man's Sky is fantastic. It is now, but yeah. you got to remember that Yeah, but the thing is, I knew from the start it was what it was going to be. Yeah, well... People were expecting too much early on, those I've seen him a bunch of times. He works, he works in Guildford. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure he trained me to do QA. Really? Sure, Murray. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. I'm sure he worked for Babel Me. I'm sure he's ah. the guy who did my QA training. Nice. Because it looks exactly the same. How old is he then? Uh, he's like early 30s. So it was like 10 years ago I did it. He was working for... I'm pretty sure he's working for Babel Media. Oh, okay. Back in the day. Back in the day. See, Moons has been playing it and he's found a debug menu in that new game they've released, the Lost Campfire. Oh, really? Lost Campfire, yeah. He's found if you press L1 and R1, it opens a debug menu. <laughs> so it probably shouldn't be in the game. Yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> no. Anyway, your last review, you pick. My last review. It's the one I'm most excited about, actually. Um, oh, Coronation Street. Yeah. Um, well, we've both been excited for this. I think that, um, that it's something that we weren't... I didn't expect ever to see this. I did. Really? Because I've been following Keanu Reeves for years. I remember distinctly an interview in the 90s where he was talking about doing a Bill and Ted movie where they're middle-aged. Really? And I was like, yeah, I'll have that. See, I've, I I was on the other end because I've sort of... Alex Winter has always been my entry point when it comes to the Bill and Ted films. I don't really associate Keanu Reeves with it anymore because mm. over the last, what, 15 years, he's just risen in stardom. Started out fairly high up about 15 years. Well, it's even longer than that now, isn't it? 21 years? So when did The Matrix come out? 99. 99, yeah, so 21 years. So that was really when Keanu Reeves was like household name. Everybody knew who Keanu Reeves was. Before that, you might have known him from Dracula. You might have known him from Much Do About Nothing. Keanu Reeves was the heartthrob in the early 90s. He was a big deal. Um, But but yeah, so really interesting that this happened. Mm. Alex Winter, like I said, he's the person that I sort of followed more when it came to Bill and Ted News. And also, I'm one of those people, I've spoken about this before, I love the film Freaked. Mm. I always thought of it as like an unofficial sequel to Bill and Ted, because it's yeah. Keanu Reeves and, and, and Alex Winter, but it's not. It's a lot more mm. irrelevant. It's Irrelevant. It's f- I- irrelevant? Irreverent. Irreverent, sorry, okay. sorry. 
Um, it's it is, and also you it's funnier. I'd say it's funnier than Bill and Ted. Fuck it doesn't you. have the same heart. Fuck you. Well, no, that's kind of the thing. That Bill and Ted, one of the things that was always great about it was that despite the fact that it's a stoner comedy about two idiots being idiots through time, it's still, it's got so much heart and personality mm-hmm. to it. Um, whereas Freaked is joke, 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 joke. And not all of them hit. Some of them, some of them are very dated, but some of them are so Talk fucking Bill funny. Bill and Ted Free. So I'm going to start talking about Bill and Ted Free. Yeah, friggin... So Bill and Ted 1 and 2, I'm, I'm more of a fan of Bogus Journeys than I am Excellent Adventure. I think that's just because I saw Bogus Journeys before Excellent Bogus Adventure. Bogus Journeys is the better film, but Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a fantastic film. It's a great film. It's a great film. I really like it. I, I watched both before watching the third one, um, and they still hold up really well. Mm. Um, but yeah, Bogus Journey is a better film. Um, but <clears throat> we enter into Bill and Ted Free, finding out that Bill and Ted never wrote the song they never unified the world like they started out, yeah they they started out being incredible and they did all their touring but the band has since split up there have been difficulties Def um, became a bit of a diva at one point they mentioned the fact that he had a 40 minute bass solo and mm. when they try and talk him down from his egotistical rant about how everybody loved his bass and stuff like that, he goes, he goes, but everybody really loved the bass. <laughs> like, and it's, I was in the groove. And it is William, William Sadler back again as deaf and he's great. He pulls the accent right off all over again. It's slightly stilted because obviously he's older now, but yeah, still great. Still really enjoyable. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like it, it feels like Bill and Ted, but older. Mm. One really funny thing is that the main villain in the story, there isn't, there kind of isn't one. The main, the main villain in the story is time itself. Like well, they've taken the first film. There's only really a villain in Bogus Journey. Yeah, they they've just taken too long to write their write their song. Mm. But um, one of the fun aspects are that there are future versions of Bill and Ted that are assholes. So like, if they fail, so despite the fact that everything hinges on them finishing a song by a certain time. In terms of time itself, it has continued on from that point. So there are future versions, but it's like in the film they say, no matter what happens, the time is handy must always moves forward. So if you spend an hour in a medieval medieval town a hundred years ago or yeah. five hundred years ago, time still moves forward in San Dimas regularly. And that's kind of the same here. So although the future has happened and there are future versions of them, time is converging on a point. So everything's drawing back in on this point. Um and it's up to Bill and Ted to travel forward in time to try and steal the the song that will unite the world from their future selves. And each time that they go, so they go back, a, they go forward like a couple of years, and they're and they're burnouts. They go forward a couple more years, and they're in prison. No, sorry, they're trying to rip off a song from the Foo Fighters. <laughs> and they go forward a few more years. They're in prison because they got caught trying to rip off, and it just they steadily get worse as, as people. And then the, they're their own real villains. Like the first time they meet each other, it's like Ted. I don't mean to like talk bad about future you, but it seems like you might have a drinking problem. It's like yeah, and I'm a real dick. <laughs> and then, they, catch each other again and they have a conversation and Bill's like I don't really mind the future version of me but your future version's a real dick to it <laughs> like every time they see he's drinking at one point they have English accents in the future and they give this incredible story as to why it's just great like it's really fun um, and it's got so much heart and it is like you um, you mentioned Jane Silent Bob's um, reboot not yeah. long ago 
there are a lot of those same beats here. And I think you can probably tell from the trailer that their doors play a massive part in this. Yeah, yeah. And they have their own interest. I've heard the girl plays um, little Ted Fia is pretty great. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, um, haired girl. I don't know her name. It, I know Samara Weaving's. Samara Weaving's um, yeah. Bill's Bill's daughter. And Ted's daughter is played by oh god, what's her name? She's in the film. She's in the uh, Netflix series about the kid with autism. Hmm. Um, but but she's really good in this as well. They're both. They are both. They're like. Imagine if Bill and Ted, instead of them just listening to hair metals and hair metal in the um, in the eighties, that same passion for hmm. music in every genre. So yeah, I know there's like a line about Ted's. Theremin player. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're like Clara Westmore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, she was a major influence. So they, they, they basically retread the first film. Their plot is kind of like they're assembling the greatest musicians through time. Hmm. And what happens is that by proxy, they end up meeting like just, they start off by going for Jimi Hendrix and Jimi Hendrix is like, nah, I'm cool. And then, so they go back and they get Louis Armstrong. Um, and they bring him to Jimi Hendrix, and Jimi Hendrix is like, he's like 65, and they're like, no, but he's from the past! So he brought, <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine, I'll go with you. And they go back and they get, they get, um, I think it's Beethoven? Hmm. Or, because it was Mozart in yeah, It's Beethoven in the first. But it's, uh, my, Mozart. Mozart? I can't remember. Yeah, it's Mozart, I think. Um, so they get Mozart, and I then. I watched it two days ago. They get Mozart. Which one was deaf? I think it's Beethoven was deaf. So I think it's Beethoven because they they have a joke about it, don't they? It's they like definitely Beethoven. call him Be- Beethoven. Yeah, yeah. Beethoven. yeah. Um, so I think they 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 get Mozart, and then Mozart's like, "There's this Chinese flautist." So they go back and get her, and then the Chinese flautist knows of this like woman who's like essentially just like an Aboriginal woman living in a cave, banging on drums, <laughs> and they're like, "She could be the drummer." And they mention her, and I can't remember what the name of her is, but like they're getting the supergroup together, and then they're all being chased by a robot named. Um, God, what's his name? I can't, it's like a really plain name, and it turns out that he has been named after the council leader's daughter's ex-boyfriend <laughs> who was trying to help them. I know Anthony Carrigan's in his yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always fun and stuff. He's the alopecia guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who plays, he's Gotham. the one who plays the robot. No. So in this, he has a great line where he shoots someone and accidentally sends them to hell, and he's like, ah, oh, oh, um, Ah, uh, well... Yeah, did you get far, far in Gotham when he's sent to murder Jim Gordon? No, no. And there's a whole sequence was... where he's, they have this massive, great big fight and then he gets a phone call from Payne and he's like, deals off and he's like, oh, okay, well, see you, Jim. Uh, Catch you later. He's... No hard feelings, eh? Have, have, you, have you seen Barry yet? <laughs> no, I know. He's, in there as he's well, amazing he? in Barry. He's good. Anthony Carrigan's great. He's so funny. But yeah, in this he plays a robot and he's incredible. He mm. really is just like, he's a highlight in the whole film. Mm. I couldn't, uh, like, because he, he reacts like... He, he's, I think that the idea is that he's someone that they've kidnapped at some point in time and turned into this killer, like, basically like a, like a, a, a Terminator. Hmm. And at one point he ends up in hell. And like, people keep mentioning, they're like, robot in hell. Hmm. Did not see that one coming. It's like, why is a robot in hell? And it's like, even he's just like, I don't know, guys. And they see demons. Hmm. And it goes, hey, demon dudes, uh, which way to? <laughs> they're like, they're like, just like, like cheers, demon guys. <laughs> just like, head off. It's just, it's all great. Like, the ending just all comes together. And it, it's a Bill and Ted movie made 30 years after the last Bill and Ted movie. And it is, it's, um, it's the kind of thing that it has a message again. Because before the message and the other ones were, other than the horrible homophobic language, um, the, the message, the message in each film was that, you just have to be better to people. You have to be better to each other. That's kind of the point. That's how mm. the future gets better. And in this one, it's stop, 
stop trying to see what's coming next. Stop trying to steal what's coming next and kind of look at what you've got now. Mm. Stop trying too hard to reach for something in the future that you've been told exists or you need to do and aim to just focus because they've got like they still they're still with the princesses. They've got these two incredible daughters that are clearly very intelligent and they like even the daughters themselves like their entire focus is on we've been told dad's going to save the world, going to save the future. Our whole existence is now we've got to help our dad save the future. And like even like you get no hint that they have their own personal urgencies or goals. Like and that's kind of weird but at the same time that works because they are meant to be shadows of their parents, and, you know, like. Mm. But yeah, really, really good. I really enjoyed it. It's so much better than, than I could have hoped it would be. I was expecting something that fell flat mm. and felt, um, like, it, it, I was expecting something that felt very much like someone was trying to recapture magic. And yeah. instead, they're kind of pushing back against that magic. They're saying, look, don't look back. Don't look forward. Look now. Do now is, and again, that's a message that's been in these films yeah. before. Now is the best time. This is the best place. This is where you need to be, sort of thing. And 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 it's never been truer than two fifty-year-old guys that are trying their hardest to create something and looking for that inspiration. But you know, they don't know where it is. They don't know where it's coming from. They just know they've been told they have it, and that's kind of weird. And they're trying to live with that. Um, and my God, Keanu Reeves playing a dick is hilarious. He's got he's got a fat suit on at one point. Mm. Like he's wearing like a girdle and stuff. And as soon as he gets the fat suit off, he's got whiskey. Like, he's got, like, a decanter in his hand just chugging whiskey. <laughs> it's just like, I'm pretty sure you've got a drinking problem with the future, man. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, really recommend it. Like, I think that anyone who's... Listen- watch it eventually. Yeah. When, when we're allowed to. Well, I, I can I can give you my copy and then... You, it doesn't matter. Well, you did you rent it. it or did you... I bought it. I bought, bought a digital it. copy and then I downloaded it. I just used mm. my um, thing so that I could put it on USB. Yeah. Yeah, I have a program where you could like remove DRM stuff. Outrageous. Well, it's only because iTunes locks everything to DRM and they're getting rid of some of the films I own, so I just don't trust them anymore, so I keep copies. Oh, God. I think you're allowed to do that. I don't think... I paid to own the film. to jail. No, I won't. Yeah, I'm, um, gonna call, I'm calling the police right now. Cool, dial them in. Um, but yeah, I really fucking loved it. Really loved it. And I think... I, I genuinely think that this is... This What's is the number oh one one eight seven oh one 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 four eight four 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 nine 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 twelve. I think now you just spell that um, that uh, that biology is <laughs> whatever, whatever that transphobic line is. I don't know. Yeah, is there? Yeah, biology doesn't care about your feelings, or no. <laughs> there are only two genders. What's what's the, what's what? Was an impotent head? No, that's no. just that's just the transphobes. I like the bit in the first impotent head action adventure where they're like, "We taught us about like." You know, Mozart and Joan of Arc and Socratic method. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I like the uh, the final presentation where um, where Ted is lying on the lying on the <laughs> thing, <laughs> yeah. and he goes and he goes, "Your father only feels that you are a failure yeah, because he has, failings, not, yeah, he has not achieved his own accomplishment." Whoa! And then he goes to get out of the way. And he goes like, "Bill, your turn." He goes, "Nah, man, I'm just gonna mine Oedipus complex." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that bit when it cuts back to them and there's that one jock giving his speech and he's clearly dying on his feet and he just goes Sentimus <laughs> High from School Football Rules and everyone's like yeah uh, I there is nothing like I when I was a kid I loved the mall scene and that song the you know the da, da, where it's, it starts off with Beethoven it's your hand Sebastian back isn't it is it back yeah yeah I mean the what is his name not oh, the yeah. Sebastian back the modern 
electronics guy. He's got a similar name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but, and also in Excellent Adventure, I love the fact that they turn up to capture him mm. and no one else hear, like he doesn't hear them. Everyone else reacts, but he doesn't hear them mm. because he's deaf. Yeah. So he's, they just pick him up and walk off. But everybody else is like, oh my God. <laughs> I also like, um, he's got Ken Jong as the, as Genghis Khan. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, there's, you adjust um, into the oddities of time travel most excellently, Billy the Kid. <laughs> Mr. the Kid. <laughs> um, it's uh, Socrates just being a tearaway, being an absolute <laughs> fucking mess of a human. When they go up and they're hitting on those women, is yeah. Billy the Kid and Thingy. Yeah. And, and Socrates. Socrates, yeah. Have you noticed that every scene that Socrates is in, he's got something in his mouth? Oh, that's food. Fruit. Fruit. Yeah. Is it fruit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fruit, sorry. Yeah, it's something he in his mouth. Corn dog and... Yeah, he's got corn dog and then he goes and mm. he's got the cigar when they find First him. film's fantastic. It's really good. Yeah. It's very I although that, that armor scene still is ridiculous. The armor scene, yeah, I totally <laughs> fell out of my armor, dude. <laughs> I totally fell out of my armor when I fell down the stairs, dude. It's like, oh god, Bill <laughs> <laughs> That just like the armor lands perfectly. <laughs> it looks like someone's still that's always, I always thought it's freaking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and also Joan of Arc doing the, uh, doing the aerobics. Yeah. And just going mad. Inventing spinning. Inventing spinning. Yeah. Cause she's yeah. basically just going nuts there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, really strong film, really fun. Mm. Um, really enjoyable. And, and the new one holds up. Mm. Like, and it's got loads of really good names in there. Kirsten Shaw's in there. As you said, Samara Weaving's in there. Mm. Um, you've got, um. You know that Weird Al's in the end credits and only because he was a fan, so he entered the competition to get. Put in the credits. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's. It was Kickstarted or Indiegogo. No, was, no, they did a fan thing where they just let you submit videos of you doing air guitar. Yeah, which are all in the back. They're all yeah. at the end, which are yeah. really good. It's really nice. Like, so I know that um, Stephen Spone, the guy who does all the um, disability gaming stuff, in yeah, there. Yeah, he's as well. in there as yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just it's one of. I those was f- going to do that. I was going to put something in. <laughs> it's one of those films that, as well, at the end when everything comes together, you can see all the like again. This is it. They telegraph everything that's going to happen, and I'm pretty sure that you'll see the ending coming in the first 15 minutes. Mm. But it kind of doesn't matter for this film. Nah. If you're a fan of these characters, you just get taken away on this journey. Um, and I, like, I genuinely, I got to the end. And I was like, I was like, oh, I'm a little bit emotional about this. Like, this actually worked on mm. me. And uh, yeah, last well, you don't want to feel feelings. Ugh. No, don't want feelings. To feel um, but yeah, really fucking loved it. Really did love it. Um, by no means perfect, and it is such a... It's one of those things that I don't think... I. It's hard to recommend to everyone, but it is so specifically... So, everyone likes Bill and Ted. If you don't like Bill and Ted, you're a cunt. It's so specifically tuned <laughs> to what, what I'm interested in. And also, I really needed something this positive. Mm. I think that I couldn't have four reviews in a row on a week that's just like, meh. I'm just like, eh, fine. This was something I could love and I enjoyed and I was very much... It's a Tom Atkins, but it's a Tom Atkins specifically for me. For anyone else, I think it's still going to be good. It's the only one out of the films you watched this week that won't give you COVID. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Tom Atkins. I loved it. Um, and you're going to watch it. I'll give you the USB in a little bit. You can watch it. Yeah. Because uh, you'll love it. Um, I, I've got... you got surround sound, haven't you? Cool. Yeah, I've got a 5.1 track on it. So. I love surround sound. Well, you've got stereo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I might come in and watch a little bit with you as well. Uh, but yeah, really, really good. Uh, that's it, I guess. Fine. It's the end of episode 100 and something too. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the end. Yeah. Oh, right. And you'll be dead from COVID in two weeks. So. Yeah, probably. 
Because of New Mutants and Tennis. It'll be specific. Don't worry, you just play inversion on the COVID. <laughs> and then just... And then I could shoot it back at people yeah, stronger. Yeah, just put your nose up and you'll be yeah. like... <laughs> oh, God. Hmm. I really like the effect of catching a bullet, like, and the idea of it. I just don't think that, like... Would a bullet going backwards hurt someone as much as going forward? Well, no, that's kind of the idea, though. Like, it's it's meant to be more of an impact because if uh, someone... If someone, like, so... It's I, taking too much to explain. It's two reviews later and you're still explaining I think it. that if you imagine your arm and you imagine the space between your arm, like, just being there, okay, and if you were to suddenly... If someone was to suddenly appear, what would be what would be the impact? Would either your arm... Would a section of your arm be missing or would your arm be within that person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always, I always think of it more like you see the path as a physical thing, and it only, it only becomes realised. If your science fiction wouldn't get picked up for an episode of Star Trek, then it's too complicated. I think stuff like this has happened in Star Trek. They've gone backwards and forwards in time at the same point. Not like that nonsense. All right. They, they keep it simple. I watched one the other day where Riker got the power of the Q, and um, he just, he just turned into a villain. They mentioned Q in Lower Decks, <laughs> did they? Yeah, on episode yeah. four. Yeah, yeah. I still need to catch up with that. Yeah, watch it. Yeah, it's a good series. I'm really enjoying it. Fuck the haters. Do people hate it? There's there's that subset of people who decided they hated it before it started. The Morlocks? Probably, yeah, the Morlocks. The ones yeah. who live underground in yeah. X-Men? Yeah. The ones that are too yeah. ugly for society? Yeah. Not the pretty mutants? No. They can't be up there. Not pretty mutants like Iceman? Up there with something... No, I can't remember the words. The... Up there... Where the sky is ocean blue. With flowers. I could be there and live without a prayer. Live without a care. Live without a care. If only I could live up there. Gotta go higher. It's a high F. I'm not going up that high. <laughs> I wanna live. I wanna live I've up there. I've got the there. soundtrack over there. It's such a good musical. People really don't think of that film as a musical, but it's, it's a such a good musical. musical. Yeah. It should be a stage play. What would Brad Boitano do if he were here right now? I mean, that was He'd just them lazily chucking a freaking DVDA song into the film. Yeah. Anyway, you're done. Say goodbye to the children. Bye, everyone. I've As got always, to try and finish watching stuff before next time. Don't yeah, say. well, I'm going to give you Bill and Ted. So you can I'm right at the end of like three series. And I can't be asked mm. to finish them. Well, I can <laughs> I can give you Bill and Ted tonight. You can watch yeah. Bill and Ted because there's some films coming out next next couple of weeks. We've got September 10th. Oh, speaking of Samara Weaving, so they've announced a sequel to The Babysitter, the MCG film that most people thought was mediocre. Mukji, Mukji, sorry. Um, most people thought it was mediocre, me included, but I enjoyed it and watched it more mm. than once. Um, they're making a sequel where all the people that were originally trying to do the satanic ritual, they kind of succeed and come back on Halloween two years later, uh-huh. and they could be killed again. So it's just going to be those same five characters chasing those the the kids, trying to get their blood and you know getting killed off again. Which means we're getting some more uh, Robbie Amell topless. Oh, he was so good in that first one. He really didn't get any oh, get any shouts for that. He was really good. In Perennial that. Netflix star for Robbie Amell. Yeah. Why is that guy topless? Don't ask questions you don't need to know the answer to, kid. No. Um, no. Say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Yeah, you can bye. find me at Critipolips on Twitter and on YouTube. You can find out at LV54SpaceMonkey yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, I wouldn't bother. Also, Metal Gaming on YouTube. How's your YouTube channel going? Is it still mm, most popular, Metal Gaming? Probably. Until some celebrity comes along and makes a channel called Metal How's your Gaming? Power Rangers channel? Till fucking... Who's that woman who ruined OnlyFans? <laughs> the actress. She ruined her OnlyFans by telling everyone she was going to do nudity for $200 and loads of people paid it and she didn't do the nudity. I don't know. Um, and then OnlyFans have changed all their rules and it screwed over a whole bunch of people. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Belle Devine? Not Belle Devine. No, she does nudity all the time. Yeah, she not her. up her ass all the time. The other one. The actor. Actor. Like Zendaya. One of those lot. I can't remember her name. She's got a nose piercing. I've she no sucks. Idea. 
I don't care. I don't have an OnlyFans. I don't pay yeah, you Do you always put in money? My nudes. Yeah. I don't have an OnlyFans. OnlyFans isn't meant to be for nudes. <laughs> Do you know it was meant to be for sharing your arts and crafts and like videos and stuff? Oh, really? Yeah. It was meant to be for like, oh, here's my drawing I've done of a She-Ra or a Transformer. Five dollars, please. And people would pay to get extra. You know, so like you've got a YouTube channel and you want someone to put some extra content. Like That's a Patreon. Yeah, like a Patreon. Yeah. Sort of that sort of thing. But they didn't have any rules about nudity, so... <laughs> cool. I mean, I know people that have OnlyFans and... Do I know them? No. Are they? No, oh, okay. They're other friends. Not people we've worked with. No. No. God, no. I don't think I can think of anyone. Even if someone did have an OnlyFans that we'd worked with, it wouldn't be a case of I'd be like... Oh, that's going to go in the memory bank. It'd be a case of like, oh, even Greg. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye, everyone.